Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Election 2020 Special Edition of Laugh and Learn with Vern. Thank you so much for tuning in. I had three amazing guests today. That's right. Trying to put a podcast out on the same day I recorded. Not something I think I normally do. I spoke with my friend Sriram. He is a hilarious comedian from India, lives in Mumbai. Over millions of views of his YouTube videos. He is absolutely hilarious. We talked about what it's like in India with the election, and we talked about a variety of other things that were we laughed about. And he's very intelligent, and you can tell that the way he thinks about things is very similar to to me. And we we have this kind of like outsider's view of what's going on. We covered big tech, Trump, Biden. Actually, we, just a million other things. He was fantastic. Then my next guest is Elaine Vario. So Sri Ram's about an hour long, and then Elaine Vario comes on. Elaine and I go back a few months. We've been doing improv together on Tuesday nights and sometimes Saturdays. Elaine is a blast. She is from Brooklyn, and she has the accent to prove it. She is a Bernie uh, bro, I guess you could say. I don't know. The bro-ina. Bernie fan. And she kind of talks about how she's from New York. She lives in New York and how she, one of her past jobs, uh, she actually ran into Trump. And she talks about Biden. And we talked about the election. And she made some really interesting points, too, about how poor people really get screwed in the United States. I think that both sides can agree that there are tons of issues that involve the poor that need to be addressed. But Elaine was a fantastic guest. Um, I'm not sure if it's her boyfriend or husband was in the other room, but he's a Jets fan. She's a Giants fan. I'm a Bears fan. So we all got to commiserate over football. That was fun. And then finally, I interviewed Dan Calio. Dan and I went to law school together, kept in touch over the years. He lives and works in Chicago. We've caught up, and with the pandemic, I haven't been able to see him. And I didn't, unbeknownst to me, I knew he was into politics, but he really threw himself into the point where he knows very interesting minutia, and he had a very interesting take on some of the trends he's seeing that lead him to believe that Biden is going to win on Tuesday. Excellent interviews. Highly recommend it. Sure, rounds the first hour. I believe Elaine's the next 43, 43, 45 minutes, and Dan's the next like 45 after that. I'll have a breakdown on the website. Highly recommend all of them. They were fantastic. They're funny. Uh, Dan offered to eat a hat if Illinois goes to Trump. I think we can all agree that politics aside, uh, we probably do want someone to eat a hat on a podcast because I don't know if I've seen that one before. Thank you for listening. Obviously, without the listeners, this wouldn't happen. Please subscribe for more fascinating content and i think things are going to continue to heat up with the podcast i can't thank everyone enough for listening and downloading if you want to watch the videos they are on youtube you can find it at youtube search for laugh and learn with Vern. or if you want to see specific clips from episodes or just what i'll probably do is upload these episodes separately just search for llv clips that's on youtube i'm also on rumble and that should be on later in the week but the election's tuesday so if you really want to get that content, 
It's what you're listening to now, and the videos are on YouTube. Now, to the show. Whatever you need to do to make your relationship work, Eric. You know what? I appreciate that. As, as fr- friend of friend, I appreciate that. All right, Sriram, so we're, we're live now. Election right. 2020. Yes. Is it, is uh, it, is this Eric, just a quick about? question. Just going by your red hat, uh, can you just clarify once who you're rooting for? <laughs> I, 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 I can't figure out. Uh, who you're rooting for exactly with that red hat uh, and the 2020 in it. Uh, I I wonder which candidate you're sort of cheering for. I am anti-coronavirus, pro red, white, and blue. That's my my official stance on this podcast. Because I got the blue, I have the white and the red. So yeah. it's it's a tw- like a, like we were talking earlier. It's a 2020 hat. I'm rooting I'm rooting for 2020 to turn around. <laughs> 2020 is like the uh, it's like the relative or friend you have that like they're just constantly doing stupid things, and then like one day they're like they have a job and like they might be kind of dating someone, and you're like I think this is gonna turn around. And yeah, like month- yeah, yeah, yeah. They're suddenly repaying their credit card bills. You know, like so they they have like checkings and stuff. And yeah. yeah, they they made a comment to you one time. They're like. Hey, if I open a credit card, I don't have to spend the max on it right away, right? <laughs> yeah. But on the flip side, though, I can't wait for 2021 to be a shitty year as well so that people realize it's not the year, it's them. That's the problem. You are the problem, America. Yeah. You it's are the not, problem, yeah. India. No, not just America. It's just in general, people are the problem. Where, you know, in 2019, I don't know if you remember, uh, you know, all these sort of big like celebrities start to die and they were like 2019 how could you be so evil <laughs> it's not the year it's just the fact that shit happens every year and uh, it's just that 2020 amped it up a bit more that's about it yeah you can't you can't like yeah people are like oh 2021 is gonna be so great and it's like what yeah. gives you that what gives you that idea yeah yeah it's it's almost as if like saying like um you know you you've been sort of robbed and mugged this year like next year is going to be so great because I'm just going to be beaten up. <laughs> you continue to live in the same neighborhood and do the yeah. same routine, but for exactly. some reason, exactly. they just won't steal your money this time. <laughs> yeah, and, and for the rest of your life, you're going, hey, at least it was in 2020 when I was robbed and mugged. You know, I'm still like, uh, it's, still, it's still, yeah. I think that's what 2021 is going to be. Just uh, getting but beaten. Yeah, I mean, yeah, everyone's like everyone's rooting for a vaccine right now, right? Is that the same sentiment there as well? Like we need the vaccine coming in. A little bit. It's it's torn because because it's a political season. Yeah. People are like, well, if I if the vaccine comes too early, then I'm not going to take it. Yeah. It's as if people forgot that like this thing's going to be vetted like crazy. Like there's no way they exactly. Gonna... Exactly. Yeah, they're, they're like, ah, I'm I'm not going to do that. Um, yeah. It's it's so I don't know is that like how it is there? What, what's the vibe? Uh, the vibe, vibe here, the vibe here in terms of vaccine is that um, so so India also amongst pretty much every country right now is trying to sort of figure out their own vaccine, right? So India also is testing our own. And this morning I read a news report that said it might be sixty five percent effective. And <laughs> I don't know what that means. Where I want to know what the remaining thirty five percent non-effective part of it is it gives where, you polio yeah where, where, does that mean does that mean you can wear like you just need to wear 35 percent of a mask now and 65 percent of your face yeah just you, just have, you look like the uh like you just have to dress like the phantom of the opera after getting it it's 
yeah but no dancing all right at the end of it so that's the essential but yeah that's it's it's great you know the funniest thing eric was that russia was the first one to uh, bring out a vaccine right and in, into the world uh, and see normally you have to be skeptical about everything that the russian government does but then if you follow their sports they are amazing when it comes to creating vaccines right so I I I personally wouldn't mind taking the Russian vaccine you know not only will they rid me of the virus suddenly I'm like great at uh, pole vaulting as well <laughs> <laughs> They're like if you take yeah you have to take you take the dosage once and then what happens yeah. is you have to follow up with taking it twice a week for the next 16 weeks Yeah <laughs> and then you can become a world class pole vaulter Yeah yeah I mean th- that's their side effects you know here now you're saying like the regular vaccine the side effects are like, okay you might feel a bit queasy headache and all of that but there you like you might want to you might have an uncontrollable urge to jump three <laughs> times you know that's the... I mean it's better than it's better than uh, anything they're talking about here yeah. I don't I know it's like it's I don't know how it is like it, where you are obviously but it's like it's so weird here so in in Illinois they're yeah. just like locking down everything again so everyone's like we did this and it didn't really do anything but they're like no like you're you're doing it again and people are just getting pissed like people yeah. are getting really angry like are you yeah. in a lockdown state too uh we are in the end of the first wave is what they say officially um although like because the numbers you because we aren't testing enough so the numbers you can't sort of trust so uh we never know as such as to what's the actual situation but then uh i don't think people ever followed uh the lockdown that seriously i mean public transport wasn't uh, there for the, the trains were shut so uh so so i think that part is the only thing that was that seemed official but otherwise i think everyone was everything else was like pretty much normal where i am and uh yeah i mean i don't think there is i, I can i can see why it feels that way uh in the us though because uh i i think it's just the fact that so many sort of small businesses are being affected on a daily basis and i don't think people are sort of truly understanding the correlation between sort of uh businesses being shut to like crime um, unemployment increasing to crime rate increasing to how that completely becomes haywire all over the place right so i think i think at this point we everyone's in that same space i think we've held off held on enough and now let's just sort of pass through it i think that's the uh mentality correct me if i'm wrong i mean i don't live there i got a question for you okay and i don't remember what it's called but there's like this crazy group of bike messengers and they like deliver lunches on time but they don't use clocks do you know what i'm talking about yeah did they get shut down but no they don't use bikes i think they use the the your, your bicycles too yeah as in bikes and that sense yeah uh the thing is they mostly deliver lunches to uh corporate offices but then because the corporate offices offices are shut down so their sort of jobs are uh sort of kind of redundant as well because they're essentially and, oh, sorry go ahead. And, and actually some and uh, i don't think all of them delivered it through bikes i think some of them also took the trains and because the trains also have shut so i think they also are in the midst of uh, a bit of a shit storm i think That's 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 really bad. I I mean, I read about them in a book uh, and it was just like the craziest thing I'd ever read like they don't they like synchronize based on I don't even know what they do. They don't have because they don't have phones. Yeah. Do they have do they have watches? I don't think they do. 
I, I'm sure they have watches. I think, I think at least they do see the time wherever they go around. But I think it's just the fact that their system is such sort of so beautifully worked around uh, that uh, I think I think it's just, it kind of works like clockwork for them. I think pretty much they're called the dabba wallas. I think that's what. So so the dabba means like sort of your. Uh, it it literally means a box, but it's a box of food, and wallas is like. Uh, a profession, so to speak, like so, people who deliver a box of food. So that's the essential translation. When you were debating between that and comedian, what was the what was the breaking point where you decided? I'll be honest, Eric. <laughs> I'll be honest. Um, you know, uh, as someone, look at me. I'm so lean. I'm probably more susceptible to eat the food than actually <laughs> deliver it. So uh, instead of committing a felony, I thought uh, I might as well uh, <laughs> become funny at some point. Yeah. Here's another question for you. Whose microphone yeah. is going to be smaller by the next time we talk? <laughs> Either that or your face is going to get bigger. I don't know which one. <laughs> probably, probably the face, depending on what yeah. happens on Tuesday. So what, uh, what is, yeah, right. So speaking of the election, what, what yes. is the, what is your, your across the world view? And by the way, we should, I want to point this out to everyone. Uh, first off, Shiram is a is a G for for dealing with my time problems because I couldn't even figure out what time it was in India. Like I'm like I woke up like four in the morning. I'm like I don't know what's going on here. And then I rescheduled twice. So thank you for your uh, putting you, up. You woke my... up at four in the morning. This? Oh no, 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 no. It's but, like eight now. I woke up at yeah. four because I was confused. Yeah, um, yeah, and but, I, like, but freaked you, out. That's the worst kind of waking up where you you got the panic wake up happening there. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, and it's daylight savings time. So it's like the one day you get extra yeah. time, but I was just so confused. And then, um, of course, naturally after you said, yeah, I got, I got more time. Um, I was of course late again. So thank you for, uh, that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. I think, I think that's the Indianness rubbing onto you, Eric, where I'm, I'm trying to give you the impunctuality that my culture has <laughs> onto, onto no less a military guy. All right. <laughs> Yes, I mean, but clearly I'm not in, I'm not in, uh, not in uniform because if, if this is what happens to the United States Army, then uh, we sent, I mean, this could be like the British red coat hat from what, yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a it's throwback hat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, this is the British throwback, throwback hat. It just yeah. doesn't have the whole. Which is, which is, that's how far back you're part of the United States Army. It's all those Britain for you. <laughs> you know, they're locked. Do you hear they're locking down? Yeah, they do. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I mean. All of Europe is right uh, in a second wave of sorts. Sweden's uh, not. Nah, uh, Sweden's having fun. I saw a video, and it could have been from 2019, but they were. It looked like people were at a club. They were just like dancing. They're like, meanwhile in Sweden, I'm like, <laughs> oh man, yeah. So, uh, anyways, you you are supposed to set the context here, Eric, with the elections. Let's go for it. Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> Thank you for getting us back on topic. So let me. Uh, so I'm going to put up. So there's, it's called Predict It. It's this, uh, it's this online, uh, oh, it's, essentially it's, game, it's gambling, but essentially you bet against other people. All right. So here's my qu first question for you before I put that up. What yeah. is, do people in India care about this election? Like we, all, we obviously all care, but like, does anyone actually care over there? That's an interesting question. I think. Uh, I think that means no. <laughs> no, I, I think. As with every question, I don't think I think it's a mix of a yes and a no. I think the people in cities care because uh, because a lot of people in cities, at least the sort of uh, the elites, are in with American culture, 
and uh, we want to know what's happening in the US. Uh, so that way, I think people are interested. Plus also the fact that uh, the Indian markets are so closely related to the American markets, right? So on a financial, uh, from a financial standpoint, I think I think people are concerned. But I think for the most of sort of rural India, I don't think it it it, it it's that important. As much as I, I think most would know that there's a there's a global event hap- uh, event happening where there's elections in the U.S. But I don't think it goes beyond that. For for let's put it this way, for for most of us in India, it's who is the guy who's going to come and visit the Taj Mahal next, all right? <laughs> is it going to be Trump again? <laughs> or, <laughs> okay, so yeah. who do we have to, you know, who is the guy who's going to come for whom, you know, we have to sort of hide all the poverty for one week so that they only <laughs> see like the manicured <laughs> streets, all right? <laughs> oh gosh, we, for, nothing to for, see for, here, for, folks. For, yeah, you know, just this good port. We'll we show for you to the seven-star hotel that you're going to be put up in. We'll show you all the good stuff, right? And uh, and yeah, that's about it. It's the interesting thing, you know, with Trump in the in the, in the latest debate, uh, where he said that uh, he he named the India and China amongst the most polluted cities in the world, and 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 Indians suddenly became like all angry. How dare he? But he was right, you know, like 17 of I think like the top like. 30 cities in the world, most polluted city in the world in India. So he's right statistically, but then, uh, uh, but then, but then you know, like for us, we're like, hey, we showed you the good stuff. You're not supposed to say that, uh, you know, especially <laughs> on, the man. world's eyes. Yeah, when the world's, world's eyes are on you, what are you doing? It's that. Yeah. So for a lot of for a lot of India, I think it's purely academic. But I yeah. think for the for a lot of it's also it's it's like okay, uh, jobs are in line. It's some place or the other, or like uh, or for the. Uh, uh, for a lot of the engineers in here, the the, the techies, for them, it's also about uh, uh, visa issues and whether like, because because let's face it, like uh, most Indians want to sort of migrate to America to some form, and uh, and yeah, I think I think that's it's but all of those are, I think a minor percentage of what the larger population would think of. So you're so well, you're which saying which is interesting, but which is interesting, but do you guys when you when when, when uh, when you guys go out and vote, right, uh, an active sort of always like foreign policy plays such a huge role in, in the list, in the checklist of things that are spoken about in debates and what you expect from a candidate. But uh, as someone who lives in the U.S. and who's seen like the day-to-day happenings of it and how like uh, how much it affects like domestic affairs and how it's domestic first and then foreign policy later as I'm assuming it should be for every country, right? So when that happens, uh, do you guys actively think of like, oh, what is, what is like say Trump or Biden think of relationship with say in India or, or, or other allies in general? Do you guys think of that? Right now, I guess that's a that's a hard question to answer. I can only really tell you from from my perspective or like how I when I talk to my friends here. Hmm. It was a bigger deal back in 2015 and 2016, and then ISIS got wiped out, pretty much, and hmm. that was a big that was a big thing. But then that kind of went away. So it's kind of like recency bias, where like that like foreign policy should be a bigger deal. And like for me, like I I'm very pro India, especially given I think China is just terrible. And I would, I want the U.S. to have a strong relationship with India. So when I look at Modi and Trump getting along, I think that's positive. 
Now, I don't know how positive that might be in the long run. I think in the long run, that's the way to go. I was going to say in the short term, I think there's going to be some different, there's going to be issues coming up with the visas because I think some people are starting to push back on how some of the engineers from other countries such as India are coming into the United States. And there's some issues with engineers in the United States kind of competing against that at a lower cost. So I think that's going to be a thing that hasn't been. And it's funny because people like talk like immigration, 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 immigration. It's like both sides have had tons of engineers and other specialties flood in from other countries. And they've just said, they're like, we have to, you know, prevent, you know, people from coming in, blah, 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 blah. And we have to let everyone in. But meanwhile, everyone's been in bed with the tech company saying, yeah, come on over. Not a big deal. So and it's a hypocritical (laughs) thing for the Republicans to say, and they've been, they've been silent on it. And they just, and I think a lot of them don't understand how it works or they're just getting paid off. It's kind of like, I heard this thing a while back and it says, it's like poor people don't understand like how like the financial markets work. So if someone's like, Oh, like they, they package these bonds and then they sold them off and the credit rating is different. They're just like, what? But if someone's like, if someone, if, if you watch someone walk out with your TV, they go, Hey, that person stole my TV. They're a jerk. So like for, you know, for the H H one B one visas and all these yeah. issues, most people yeah. don't, like I, I barely understood it until recently. I, had, I have a friend that's big into this. He's an engineer and he's like, there's a lot of competition coming from other countries and he's yeah. been critical of people on both sides. I didn't even know it was a thing. Yeah. And, but yeah, like mo- most common, most workers here, like I think most people show, you know, fracking or coal and workers in Pennsylvania are not really concerned with H1B visas. They just, they're like, I, I need a job. Yeah. I, I, I'm very, yeah, again, I'm pro India. I think that, and here's another thing that I, I'm curious your thoughts about, like, why don't we work together on a vaccine? Like, I don't understand, right? Like, why, why are we doing this segmented? I guess maybe there's different standards and things like that, but yeah. it seems like in general, shouldn't we all be working together it's, on this thing? It's actually interesting you say that, Eric, because uh, over the past, I think, especially this year, since the, uh, uh, since the pandemic, uh, I, I know for a fact that a majority, like a sizable amount of uh, drug companies in India, which produce these things called uh, genetics, uh, they have been getting like record contracts from pharma companies in America. Uh, And I know that there's a large scale collaboration when it comes to like pharma and API and drug synthesis and all of that. I don't know whether it's extended towards the vaccine yet, but uh, I know that at the vaccine, let's face it, in the larger scheme of things, it's one thing that that sort of people are working with, right? I think there's much more sort of uh, collaboration in the in the healthcare sector as a whole, as far as I can see, because that's another thing, right? Where where China for the longest time had that as a global monopoly as well, and I think there's an active sort of move across the world to sort of diversify out of China on that front as well. So I think that's where uh, I know that that there is some sort of collaboration, which which which. But then it's it's interesting you mentioned that there are locals in the U.S. who uh, who are engineers and who themselves uh, don't have a job, which is quite shocking. I think like it's 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 one way. I, it's it's amazing how like for me the international narrative that's shaped throughout is that uh, Trump is an asshole because he uh, sort of uh, because of his visa policy. But then you never sort of see the other side of the coin, which says that okay, you know, there are locals who do not have jobs yet. And and then of course there are, the, there are these sort of comedians who sort of have their own sort of two cents and say okay you know what if a immigrant can come without speaking your language doing a job better then maybe you deserve to do it but I think that's a that's a good joke but I don't think that's the ground reality is not the same. It's yeah and it's uh one of the other issues that they're seeing here is that a lot of times 
universities will have them come, will have people from other countries come in and then the engineers have to compete against someone who has more resources so for example my buddy said and this is on a podcast that i recorded like three months ago and i eventually i go i got out because i switched the video but i did and the one the video i did with him so he doesn't want to reveal himself he's an online he's like he's a smart guy but he doesn't he has like an online persona and okay. he's just like he's just kind of vile on there at points like he just says things that are just horrendous he's funny but it's like he's funny and like you laugh at it but like you never say it out loud so he's uh-huh. like kind of he so when i did zoom with him he was like an all black screen so at points because i want to like spice things up which is like just of course i would like put on like i'd have like a batman mask i found this like app online so it just looks ridiculous and i'm like i don't know what to do with this it's great information but i look like an actual clown and I'm like, so, but anyways, but he says, so he'll, comp- so he literally is an engineer and he creates products on his own. And he, the issue he finds is that sometimes he'll be competing against someone at a university and they have all this stuff. And the, so he'll go to a company and say, Hey, I have this product for you. This is how it worked. And they're like, okay, well, here's like the eight things we need you to go through. And he's like, who has time to do this stuff? Like, I don't, I, I like, I have a thing. I don't, I don't want to spend 18 layers of bureaucratic BS trying to yeah. explain how it works to you. But, and then they'll be like, well, at the university, they do that. And it's like, well, they have all these resources at the university. I'm literally a dude in my house creating yeah. a product. So there's, yeah. there's, there's an interesting vibe there. Let me pull up. I'm gonna pull, uh, let me go switch screens. So there's this thing called, this is Predict It. So this is a, you essentially, it's like, a, I should just read off the website. <laughs> it's like on the website, but I'm like, no, here, let me not look at That's it and right. tell you what uh, I think it is. I, mean, I want the Eric version, not the Wikipedia version of Predict It now. Just, I don't know. Oh, there's right. a. Oh, there's there's that. Okay, so predicted this, means umbrellas. <laughs> yes. So this is uh, so this yeah. is predicted. So what it is is you essentially take your put money on there, and then other people put their money, and you and it's like a dollar. So here, let's see if I can. Let me find the most basic one here. I like how they don't have the presidential right away. It's like the one thing everyone's talking about, and they're like, <laughs> Florida presidential vote margin. Like, who's gambling on that? But you, you're essentially betting against other people. So instead of yeah, yeah. So instead of yeah, where is it? Oh, come on. Where's the election? It's like the biggest thing It was thing there. It was here. at the bottom, I think, the previous one. Oh, right there. Yeah, here is we that go. Okay. Yeah, here we go. So this is who would win the presidential election. So you have, so if you buy Biden, you're paying 66 cents to hopefully get a full dollar at the end. Yeah. And so that's a, so if, okay, so here's the, I guess you can bet Cora Elizabeth Warren for one cent. I don't, don't know why you would do that. So looking at this, what is your, what is your best bet? I mean, looking at the, at the, at the current sort of betting patterns, what's my best bet? Or just generally, who would I bet on? Yeah, well, either one. Do both. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I, I'll put it this way. I don't know. I, I don't have a sort of dog in this race. So I, don't really, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what to bet on. I don't have skin in the game, right, so to speak. Um, what I do feel, I can, what I do want to actively know in this election is that, say, last elections, right, uh, all at least my sort of social media feed gauging by that, it was supposed to be like a Hillary sort of complete sweep, all right? Like Trump just didn't stand a chance. That was what my sentiment around my social media sort of told me. Until I realized, wait, uh, he actually won the elections, and there's this amazing gap between the things that I read on a daily basis or what is shown to me on a daily basis, what's actually true. Uh, this year, it's not as sort of overwhelming as Hillary's, but I, it still sort of skews more towards Biden. And I don't know why. 
So I would say that from a sentiment standpoint, from what I read, everyone's keep saying that Biden's the sort of favorite. Uh, I, I, I don't know much about uh, sort of Kamala Harris, but I do know that she's kind of pretentious. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, I, I mean, there, there's something about like, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 so I want to say like, I want to bet on Trump purely because it goes against sentiment, so to speak. And I want to know if, if does that make sense? Like, it's like if, if 10 people are telling you that it's going to be, you know, uh, it's going to be the Lakers are going to win the sort of uh, NBA championship, right? But then, uh, but then you see the scores, but then no one's telling you that, wait, okay, maybe the Heat are up like, you know, like three games to one. Again, just a hypothetical scenario, but I, I mean, uh, I, I want to know, I, I want to know why is no one telling me that? Like the Heat are up three games to one. Why is it everyone sort of unanimously telling the Lakers are going to win? Great question. Uh, there's yeah. a couple, couple hypotheses on that. One is that most of the media is fairly left leaning, and that is yeah. kind of that's kind of what they want to do. The other one I've heard, which is interesting, is that it kind of quote unquote sets the table to say, well, Biden was up in the polls the whole time. Yeah, Trump couldn't have won without cheating. So he had to have cheated. So therefore, it's not it's not a it's not a real result. So I think sure. there, that could be it. And if you, it really it makes a lot of sense because you'd be like, well, this guy was winning the whole time. How does this other person win? But then it's also, yeah. it just happened four years ago. That's yeah. literally the same thing that happened. Like, I remember on election nights, I was dating a girl at the time. She's a huge Trump supporter. I wasn't, yeah. and I was just like, I, I thought Hillary was going to win to the point where it was like the the it was like four or five p.m. and I got home from work. And they showed her like up or something like that. And I was going to put like $3,000 on her to win, to win like, I don't know, yeah. like maybe 400. And I go, you know what? That's kind of stupid. I'm like, I'm like, I, right. I'm like, I'm like, just in case I go, that seems like a bad bet. Cause you want to bet. Usually if you bet the underdog, you have better odds. And yeah. I, I like watched him win and I was just like, oh my gosh. And I went across cause I, it felt like a near death experience. Like I was mm-hmm. like, I almost got hit by a car and died. And then like somehow the car missed me and I was just walking around the local grocery store with a shopping cart, just like bumping into people. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy who I never thought would win one. And I almost just lost $3,000. Like it was a surreal experience. So yeah. Okay. That's interesting. You say that I, 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 I like that scenario. Yeah. They, it, it does. Yeah. So, and that's another thing is like, you have to, you have to kind of dig now in the U S to find like different point of views. And it's yeah. hard because you get like, you get the Fox, which is like super right. And then yeah. you get a lot of other ones that are super left and like finding yeah. something in between is practically impossible right now. Yeah. Which is, which is the strangest thing. Right? When I mean, I, I will not for the debates when it happened, but later on, I want to watch, of course, like the snippets of it. And I'm sort of searching through YouTube on which could give me like the best debate highlights. It's just, you know that, okay, you would see, so like the Fox is going to be, which is going to highlight all the Trump sort of uh, best parts of his thing. And then you would have like the MSNBC is going to go all the best Biden parts and CNNs of the world, right? So there's yeah. no sort of one which is going to give me like a regular, what is the snippet of the whole thing? Just give me the issue, give me the two points, that's it. No, right? they, don't, they don't do that now. It's really yeah. weird. Which is, which is the weirdest thing, right? Eric, I don't know if you've noticed, I don't know if this happened in the US a lot, where every time, you know, like you would see like a video of say a politician and uh, it, it especially might happen a lot in the debate where they'll always, it's almost this base tribalism that's in place. Right? Like, oh, look at this guy. He destroyed the other person in an argument, you know, like it was oh, destroyed. Yeah. Like he just made a point in the room. There were certain people who actually like cheered for him. That's about it. You know, like that's the best. 
that's not destruction. It's just the fact that there are, he was there in front of his own sort of cronies in place. And they've all, and they all have like, I know it's like everyone just kind of like has their own. They want to, they want to push that. Like, and that's, I don't know if you found this, but like with, sometimes I'll put up videos, like the things I keep hearing is like, you almost have to put something like that. And it's, it seems so fake. Cause it's like, that's what people search for. They, they don't want like, yeah. Yeah. Candidates talk the views. They want like so-and-so poops yeah. on so-and-so. Yeah. 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 It's pretty much that. Here, Which is just the oddest thing, right? Like, do you feel like there's a lot of like, I, I don't know if this was a scenario which is very recent, but especially, but this is happening across the world, right? Where no, like people are becoming fans of politicians, you know, like yeah. it's kind of like a sports team where your, your sports team will cheer for them irrespective of whether they win or lose, right? Yeah. Where, no matter what, but, but with sports, you know that it's stupid, but it's kind of like you're stupid. So you clearly kind of know that this is some uh, distorted version of reality, which is like a plaything of sorts, right? But with politicians, suddenly people are like, no, this is like some sort of a person that they have to defend irrespective of whatever shit they do, right? Yeah. Which is the worst sort of relationship that you can have with an elected representative because that just makes them, uh, that, that sort of makes them sort of, it, 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 that means that they are no longer working for you, you are working for them, right? Which is the stupidest thing. You, you, they yeah. are representatives of you rather than uh, like, it's a, it's a stupid. I, I I'll never get that. I'll never understand that. But, but. I, I wonder if it's because because of the lockdowns a little bit because it didn't used to be like that. And I I yeah. totally agree. Like I find myself sometimes, and I'll like so again like Trump is for the army like he's my boss. And I'll find and like my friends will be like, what do you think about this? And I'll be like, well, I don't agree with it, but I I'm not gonna publicly come out with that because I don't want to get fired from my job. And then they're like, oh, you just <laughs> you just unabashedly love him. I'm like, not really. I go, I, you know, I see his Twitter feed. It looks like a, you know, a, mid, a guy in their mid-70s just got a hold of the internet sometimes. And they just yeah. went through and hit retweet, retweet, you know. And yeah. he's even said something like, yeah, sometimes I do stuff. And I'm, he doesn't come out and apologize because that's not his thing. But, yeah, it is weird because it's like we went from rooting for athletes, which we know now that we're older. Like when you're younger, right, they're like your heroes and they, they yeah. do all these things. Yeah. And then yeah. you get older yeah. and you're like, yeah, they just took the money and they cheat on their wives. Like that's kind of what they do. Like it's, and not all of them, but right. Like you figure yeah. it out. And then, yeah. but now it's like, we're exactly. rooting for like the worst people ever. Like nobody's worse than politics. Exactly. Nobody. Yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing. That's the greatest quote, right? Eric, where they say that, you know, you wouldn't, in reality, you wouldn't vote for your leaders because the things that they have to do to become a leader would automatically disqualify them from being oh, a leader. Yeah. Right? Like it's the shittiest sort of thing. But uh, I, I, I mean, at, at, and I think, I don't know if you feel this actively now yourself where, I, I blame like social media so much for it. And it's just the algorithms that people have designed on social media. It's basically, you know how, like if you, if you like say, if tomorrow, like you just, uh, uh, okay, you're, 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 you're Illinois. Right? So say if you, if you, if you're a Bulls fan, assuming, all right. So if you just watch like Derek Rose clips, then it's going to keep showing you clips of Derek Rose, right? Throughout, throughout, throughout. And suddenly after like a point, you might be convinced that, okay, Rose is like the best guy. He's like the next Jordan. All right. And then after that, you're just in this massive echo chamber that you find hard to get out of. And that's why I blame social media so much of it, where at, after a while, you just, you wouldn't, no one wants to debate anymore. No one wants to discuss anymore. Everyone's like, just argument about argument, because everyone's just looking at this one thing and everything else is just skewed. And I feel that is damn scary. And, and I can see that happening happening I, I saw it happening a lot during the obama years I, I then i started seeing that in modi's sort of election years here partly because i think they both hired the 
same PR for person uh, to run their campaign, the PR company to run their campaign. And uh, you kind of see that throughout. It's scary. It's damn scary where you, you, you just can't like, there's, there's no objectivity anymore. It's, 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 uh, it, it's, I feel like after a while, like everyone's going to have their own version of a dictator. And then, and then we'll be debating, hey, our dictator is so much better than yours. Like, but people fundamentally not understand, hey, they're all dictators at the end of the day. Do you guys see that? Yeah, you do you see, how, you see how short our food lines are compared to yours? Are you kidding me? <laughs> you see how on time our trains are running? As <laughs> Don't you get it? There was a, a couple years ago, I, was at a, I went to a Bears game, and there was a buddy yeah. of mine who was super wasted, and he woke up, and he had this manila folder, and it was something like him and his brother do something. I don't know. It was kind of weird. He's just going, don't you get it? Don't you get it? And everyone's like, we don't know what you're talking about. But yeah, I think you hit on a good point where social media, you do, you end up, you end up gravitating. Like your, your scope just kind of narrows sometimes. Yeah. And then by the end of it, I've, I've caught myself with this where I'm like reading something and I'm like, I think I'm just reading things that I, that I want them to say yeah. exactly what I'm thinking. Yeah. Like I'll catch myself doing stuff with other like uh, politicians that I disagree with. And I'm like, I don't even want to read it. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I have, like, this is another person who has a, a point that might be right. Yeah, and I just yeah. am like not wanting to read it because I'm like, well, yeah. that doesn't fit with the other 20 things that have been injected into my head this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Bad. Yeah. I, yeah especially, I, someone had this, uh, Scott Adams has talked about this where he says AI, he said people are worried about, you know, the robots taking over. Well, they might have already done it because AI probably has figured out yeah. that, that we, that chaos and like anger kind of generates all these, like, especially in the U S all these articles now about like race relations. If you go outside and talk to people in your neighborhood, nobody's yeah. like, Hey, your skin's different than mine. I don't agree with you. Everyone's like, Hey, how you doing? Like happy Halloween. Like people get along. They, like, you know, if yeah. someone's, it's, it's pretty normal, but then you get on the internet and it's like this gladiator kind of deal where everyone's right. Everyone's just duking it out, but then you meet people yeah. in person and they're just totally normal. And you're like, I don't, I don't get that. Maybe it's the anonymity. You can just say whatever you want online. And then it just like, it doesn't matter apparently. Yeah. I've had, do you, do you see that with some of your, like, I have some friends that like swear online and they have jobs where you'd think like if their employer saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Would be a good result. Oh, that's a that's a whole different thing in India itself, where uh, because because like uh, I mean, in in uh, is there a thing where at least at least in the U.S. is is politics like discussing it within a workspace now discouraged? Yeah, to an extent, yeah. So for for my job right now, they're saying yes, but there's also a political aspect to it where an election's going on. So part yeah. of it's like. Yeah, you might want to be a little careful out there because if you if you literally run against the person who wins, you probably will get fired, which makes a lot of sense. Like, but at the same time, it's kind of interesting to think about that. Yeah. Like, why would someone come in and then fire someone that disagrees with them? Like, wouldn't wouldn't you want someone there to maybe bounce an idea off you and give you another exactly. perspective? Yeah, but then I think it's just the fact that we can't like keep it civil anymore, and especially in a workplace, you want at least some level of civility in place, right? Uh, uh, but yeah, I think I think in here there's slowly I think they're cutting down on political discussions, uh, and all it takes is you know like you're in your in your also in your WhatsApp group of your of your colleagues, and it just takes one person to sort of send one article to set like the domino effect going, right? Yeah, and that's and and you don't want that at all, I think, uh, uh, for some reason. But but 
so before that, I think you have made an interesting point there about actively sort of reading the counter view. It, it, it's interesting that you mentioned that. I was, I was actually reading uh, uh, this thing about uh, the army and because you, you sort of uh, work in the military, right? So there's an overwhelming sort of, uh, sort of this preconceived notion with, with a, that anyone who is associated with the US Army is a Republican. And until I sort of uh, read somewhere, that's not true, actually. It's, it's, it's way more sort of even than you would think it is. Uh, it's just that for some reason, a lot of sort of ex-military men end up joining the Republican Party at some level, but that doesn't still make them, that doesn't make overwhelmingly the army is not Republican, so it's a right thing. So it's yeah, we don't even we don't even talk about it. I mean, at the end of the day, especially for us, like you know, it doesn't matter who wins. Like we have we have things yeah. to do, and, and that's, just such a, yeah. that's such an interesting thing. But for for the rest, well, it's it's the it's it's this one guy who's gonna win it. But for you, it's your boss talking about. Yeah, and that is just wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't think you want you don't want a military that's like. Well, because that's what a dictatorship is, right? It's a military yeah. that just follows the orders of one person. Like there was this big talk here. They're like, "Oh, if Trump loses and he doesn't leave, like, was the military gonna have to kick him out?" Nobody I know had. Here's the other thing. It's kind of like you know, I was talking about like that's the internet, and then you go to real life. Like, yeah. like when I'm doing army stuff, no one's worried about what we're gonna do depending on who wins. They're like, "Hey, we gotta like get these trucks over there." Like we should figure that one out like right now, you know, or yeah. like, or like someone standing or like, you're like, Hey, we need to be at this place right now to eat or we're not going to have food today. Like nobody's worried. No one's like, there's just so much going on. It's like in anyone's life, right? You're like, yeah, yeah like this, there's an election going on. That's a big deal. But also if I forget to pay my credit card bill, that's also an, a, that's a bigger problem because yeah. then either I don't have money or now I'm going to owe them more money. So, you know, whoever <laughs> wins this thing, that's great. But like, yeah. I have to live yeah, a it, life. It's actually such because for a lot of people for them uh, it's kind of like the whole thing that we're talking about over oh, 2020 what a bad year right it's kind of like the same way a lot of people sort of blame the shit that's happening in their lives on something like the year or the prime or the or the president or so to speak oh come on like i can't you know like uh what the hell like i can't pay my credit card bills right like fucking trump right like that's just sort of uh, no it's just the fact that you didn't know how to manage your finance as well you overspent here on like you could yeah. afford at some point and hence that's the shit storm that you're in right it's it's amazing how much like you start to look at politics for uh to to be the, the to be the sort of messiah concept that that you expect uh, yeah politicians to have and and that's the worst kind of people who expect it from in the first place yeah, I don't think that's a good idea to, to think that these people are going to help us out in any way, shape or form. You have to save yourself. You know how it is. Like, look yeah. at I think I think comedians especially like have an understanding of like, well, it's hard enough to be it's hard enough to be funny. It's hard enough to write jokes. And a lot of times you have you have to have another job usually to do it because yeah. it, comedy, comedy is so hard to get to get paid for. And it's just like you have to save yourself. Like I, my stand up has been terrible because I haven't been doing it. That's on me. I can't yeah. blame. Oh, Biden's ahead in the polls. I guess I can't write jokes today. <laughs> which, like, which is the oddest thing right? that they say that's, that comedy like every other thing is a, is a muscle that you need to work on right so yeah. it's kind of like blaming biden for not being able to work out work out right oh my god i couldn't hit the gym like biden right like, fuck it. 
bite well, him yet again. Well, in, in Illinois' case, we're having these lockdowns with gyms, so there actually is a – you could argue a little bit like, oh, Pritzker, <laughs> I can't – but you can, you can go running outside. You can, there's a, it's like yeah. the internet, right? Oh, I can't work out. I guess I can't go on YouTube. If you go on YouTube, yeah. Yeah, let me just right now. Let's go on YouTube and let's search for oh, – actually, first off, I want to show you a video. Let me screen share because this, this brought up earlier. I've, uh, where is it? This is great. This is from uh, – I think this explains Kamala Harris perfectly. We don't even need audio for it. Also, I forgot how to record audio. Just watch your face here. Nobody laughs like that. <laughs> like literally nobody laughs like that. Nobody. You called it, you hit oh, it dead on the gosh. head. It's just weird. You watch her do stuff and you're like, nobody I've ever met acts like that. Here, here's work here. Here's yeah. a YouTube search for workout. So it looks like there's some things you can do. Yeah. Like a lot. And I'll be honest, Eric. Like most of these people are fitter than any sort of gym instructor that I've seen in real life. So, yeah, a lot of gym people are just not in shape. Like, the, like the personal trainer comes yeah. over with a gut, and they're like, "Let me help you." And you're like, "I don't think that's. <laughs> I don't know about that one." I, I had a I had a personal trainer who, uh, who would tell me to do my sort of sets and reps, whatever he'd instruct me, and I would see him step outside the gym, smoke three cigarettes back to back, and come back to himself. You know, so. I've had to. <laughs> so you, you do not continue using him? Is that what happened there? I mean, uh, I, I realized that I was going, I was, I was paying money to someone who himself had peaked in life like three years ago. <laughs> I kind of related to him on that front. I, I, was, I was expecting, yeah. I was expecting the sort of like goodwill hunting situation where he'd be my Robin Williams. <laughs> some period, sort of, uh, he's given up in life, but I have something to prove. So to speak. Yeah. Well, you look great. I mean, clearly, whatever you're doing, do you have a do you have a workout routine you want to share with everyone? <laughs> yeah, it's called uh, uh, just uh, uh, getting out of the house and running. That's about it. Just uh, yeah, run. Just, uh, how do you spell running? R. Uh, I think it starts with a silent W. I think that's uh, and, and then running. That, <laughs> yeah, I think it? that's right. Yeah, yeah. So so. I mean, uh, let me, let me get your uh, let me get your final your final big prediction here. Yeah. Uh, we didn't yeah. talk much of much of the election, so I think we just went off on our own tangents. I think it's better that way, to be honest with you. It's it's more <laughs> yeah. right. Isn't that isn't that what we all should be doing? Is just not exactly. caring about this. Exactly. I mean, you should be a bit, <laughs> not me. <laughs> it doesn't affect. Me. It really doesn't affect me. Here's the thing: I don't make enough where yeah. I don't like. I'm not like fifty cent where I'm like I'm gonna be twenty cent. Like that's not gonna happen. Like I don't make enough for that to even matter. Like it's more for me. It's yeah. more of a pride thing because I like some of what Trump's done, and I've publicly said it. And I, and you can yeah. even if if you went through my Facebook, you can see mm -hmm. literally the point at which I started to say anything nice about Trump. My likes, my comments, everything just went boom. You can, yeah. you literally. I saw us. Yeah. I saw some of them and uh, yeah. Oh yeah. I did some of the some of the stuff that you posted and it wasn't, uh, no. uh, which is the oddest thing, right? Like uh, because because I know you in person, all right. I know that there, there, there's so much baggage that comes with what you're saying, which is so sort of uh, undue baggage, right? Which you which you've done nothing to deserve. But then people somehow just attach that anyways, uh, which is so difficult to, which is so unfair. Well, my family came here in like the 1880s, 1890s. And from yeah. what I can tell, I mean, I've gotten this far. So clearly they figured out how to procreate and work and do some stuff. But 
a lot of heavy drinking, a lot of heavy God knows what else. I mean, it's like, like, you know, people, like, they'll talk about, you know, like, rep, like, Derek, you know, we need to, like, make people whole for, like, slavery and all this stuff, and, like, that's a whole other discussion, but I'm like, you know, I guess, you know, there might be some white privilege, like, that's fair, but, like, at the same time, like, I don't, it didn't, it didn't happen for, like, anyone else in my family, like, for, like, 80 or 90 years, so this whole thing of, like, me being in this amazing spot, like, it just wasn't a thing. I mean, going back to, like, my, my grandmother on my mom's side, my great-grandfather, had a lot of issues and my other aunt or my other great aunt when she turned 18 she left she moved to Arizona and she never came back she was like I'm getting out of here and my great grandma mm. stuck with him and he eventually passed away but like I don't think it was a great situation and I, I, I don't know what privilege his drinking gave everyone like in fact I think it drove them all literally insane to the point of like he eventually just died I think probably of alcoholism but like I don't think there were a lot of happy times and white privilege was talked about when he came home at two in the morning from drinking all night and just blared his record player and woke everyone up. Like that was my family, like on the one side, like that, you know, and I mean, my other side, God bless him. I don't know where my great grandmother's buried because my great grandfather had his own issues. And like, like she's just somewhere on the South side of Chicago. I'm like, I like to visit her. They're like, we have no idea where her gravestone is. Like nothing. There's no, there's no record. They're like, there's no record. Like I can't. And there's parts of the South. Like I'm not just going to cruise around the South side looking for a gravestone. It's, it's literally, she's buried somewhere. I have no idea where she is. Like, this is my family. And it's like, you know, so then I say like, Hey, you know, I kind of like these policies and everyone's like, you are despicable. I'm like, like, what did I do? I just, I'm trying to have a thought. Yeah. It's so much of it is also that, um, you know, like at the end of the day, what I feel is that if you heard everyone's story in isolation, uh, you would have nothing but like sort of sympathy for them. Yeah. Uh, right. Because irrespective at, at whatever stage you look at, right. It's because, it's difficult between getting perspective into what made them the person they are and not having that perspective, right? And uh, a lot of like political discussions and a lot of like uh, anything associated with in and around politics just completely takes away that perspective of a particular individual that led to him to be in that sort of in that place. And uh, I think that that's a huge disservice that uh, that social media does again is completely robbed someone of their perspective. Should we should we go online and should we should we talk about this now? Should we use social <laughs> media to describe this? I don't think I I feel like I feel we're you and I are, <laughs> have very little money to take on uh, Facebook at this point. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be a problem. Well, they talked to people yeah. talked about like we're going to create an alternate to Facebook and I was like how are you going to do yeah. that? Like everyone's <laughs> on it. Yeah. It's kind of like saying we're going to start a new country, you know. <laughs> the amount of effort that it takes is way too much. Well, people here have that. talked about like, oh, if so-and-so wins, like there's going to be a civil war. I'm like, no, there's not. People are lazy. They're not, they're not doing it. There's no civil war. Have you looked around? It's like 30, 40 percent of this country is obese. No one's going to war. They're going to Wendy's. <laughs> like, You know, that's what I was thinking, Eric. I want to know, like, how okay are you with just this two-party system? Because I see India... Sort of it's heading terrible. there at some point. Yeah, terrible. It's, it's terrible. Uh, you know when I realized. You know when I realized India is heading there because the moment you have eighteen different brands of cereal, you know that for every additional brand of cereal, you're reducing one sort of uh, <laughs> candidate and uh, that you can vote for. But can you so imagine you're getting the, the asset. So India's headed there too, huh? Well, let me tell you something. Yeah. The grass is not greener. 
And I don't know what you can do about this, but yeah, it's just like you. And then, so I have a friend who's running a libertarian and he's got a great message. He's like, I don't want war. Like we need to figure out, stop government spending so much. It's like a really, it makes sense, but he's just, it's libertarian and people like they can't wrap their head around it because they're like well that person says that and that person says that and neither of them say that so that can't be right and it's like no that actually makes it makes a ton of sense like (laughs) hey let's save our money like it's like what how it's kind of like how we live our lives right like you and i are not like hey i'm just gonna run up crazy credit card bills giving money to egypt like we would never do that like that doesn't make make any sense (laughs) but then for some reason at the government level we're like yeah, we, we definitely need to just give $10 billion to like these 17 different countries and just. Yeah, it's I feel. Uh, although, although, like, I think one thing that I do sort of feel is that uh, there is a huge wave of nationalism everywhere across the world. Right. And yeah. and the problem with the pandemic is that it's going to only get worse. Uh, it's almost like, uh, which, I, which I don't which I don't like because I feel like the, that, that, that leads to sort of base tribalism. I, I'm, I'm, a hu- I'm very huge on globalization, but unfortunately there is no way to attain globalization without uh, sort of global collaboration and trade. And, and that's the shitty part because uh, if, if there was some way that you could sort of attain that while making trade fair, uh, then I think that'll go a long way. Because, because a lot of the sort of hatred towards like globalization comes from the fact that, oh, you know what, like, uh, oh, it's, it's China, but then they look at China, like, okay, those are the guys who stole my job at some level. Yeah. Right? Or, or with India for that matter, oh, those are the guys who stole my job at some level, right? So I think, uh, and, the, and the problem, the reason why I feel we need globalization because the challenges that we face are going to be global very soon. It's already there, right? Yeah. Uh, when it comes to most of the sort of challenges that we face. Uh, and and I think actively doing away from it is going to create a shit storm that will be very hard to get out of. Well, good news is we're headed that way. So <laughs> you're right. I think you hit it right on the head. We have, there has to be a way to, to find an in-between where, okay, we have to work, to, like we have to work together. You know, if, like, yeah. for example, like if a giant asteroid comes, you know, we should probably work together on that one, right? I mean, what if aliens show up and we're, I mean, if you were an alien and you wanted to come take over, I would just show up right now. It would be the easiest thing ever. People are totally divided. They're all locked down. You'd be like, all right, you guys take that one. You guys take over here. We'll just meet in the middle. It'd be so easy. It's like, I don't understand why we don't work together more. And I guess I get some, I guess, you know, the incentives, right? Like it's easier, like some places they cheat and then everyone yells at the other people. Yeah. We kind of yeah. need to work together, like especially on this virus thing. Like it's a global problem. Yeah. We should be working yeah. together. Yeah, which is the weirdest thing. I feel you know what I always feel like. Like by the time, like you know, the 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 issues that really face the world right now, right? Uh, by the time the people who understand this issue, which is like people of our age, I'm assuming, by the time we they're like, okay, we need to run for politics. We need to run for elections to in order to bring change towards this thing. Uh, it takes us 40 years and now we are suddenly like 70 year olds who are pushing for issues that were relevant 40 years ago. Right. Pretty much. Yeah. 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 So, so that's why like, so whatever is like relevant to like the, like a Trump or a Biden today was probably relevant like 40 years ago. Which like, like Trump, his campaign is make America great, which is what Reagan ran on. Right. Essentially it was 40 years ago. 40 years ago. Yeah. Which is the exact same slogan that he had. And it's just what is being rehashed again. So I feel like that's, 
that, that's just insane insane what what is the thing what is his uh, what is his campaign slogan has does he have one who biden yeah i think that's a problem you don't know what it is <laughs> yeah i don't think he has he has the merchandise for it for some reason he has built back better build build back better yeah so okay essentially what, what does that mean build back mean, better it it means that uh instead of doing what he did with obama which is like more of a globalist approach he's just ripping yeah. off trump and just putting new words around it <laughs> it's it's essentially make make america great again but supposedly yeah. less racist that's that's it i don't i don't know what it is wow. like he's he just talks about like you know america. at this point you know at this point it's 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 not even like the, the the difference between the cereal brand is not even between like fruit loops and conflicts it's like conflicts and uh conflicts without sugar i think that's the, pretty that's much little the difference is right now yeah i know it's like For no sure. matter what happens sure. we're all gonna everyone's gonna wake up on wednesday and we're all gonna have to like go to work and we're all gonna have to like yeah. pretend everything's okay and and we're all gonna be wearing masks and then as soon as we get away from everyone we'll take our masks off and then we'll yeah. just pretend everything's normal yeah which was the serious part right where you know for like about let's say about for two weeks i think like politicians across the world care for the lives of their people but like oh my god we care for you so you know you have to like do this 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 and that that pretense lasts for two weeks <laughs> you know like when when you know the marriage is not working but for two or like the relationship is not working but then for two weeks you kind of have amazing sex and you can mistake that for like an actual working relationship but no it's not it's just still a shitty relationship that you pretended for two weeks that's about well, it well that's fantastic so that means we got about two days left of our friend of our honeymoon and then and then and then on, on november 4th they just go back to um yeah. to take an altos all right so here final prediction what do you what do you got so you're so earlier you said you keep hearing biden but you yeah. kind of want to you think it's probably going to be trump going by like if uh, i'm purely going at it from a from a sort of social science perspective where i i still like hillary i like i kept hearing hillary last time i keep hearing biden so i want to know if if it's if if my feed is bettered over the past four years or uh, or not i think that's the whole thing that's why i'm going for trump to win it that doesn't mean i don't I, I, in terms of like the actual candidates i feel i feel sadder for the american voter rather than uh, rather than anything else because like i think i think you guys is a better because Thank sort you. of every average every average american that i've spoken to has been absolutely absolutely amazing to talk uh great people and and the great thing is because of the pandemic we've met a lot of comedians you and i met yeah. thing so sure. we we we've met a lot of, sort of amazing people right so uh, you guys are better that's all i'm going to say which is which is a, which is a running theme i feel like you know like there's something about like i'm sure if you meet the average chinese person they'd be great but there yeah. there's something about the chinese government which is just like absolutely evil so you <laughs> Well, why you said that? Absolutely evil. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, I know, right? Yeah, you meet people and you're like, "Wow, you're fantastic," and everyone's got like yeah. a great story. And then, like, ten minutes yeah. later, you get online and everyone's just like, "Ah." <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm gonna uh, cool. I'm gonna stop the recording in a sec. Stan, uh, you got anything? Yeah, you, uh, you got a plug? What's what's going on here? Talk to me uh, again. Nothing at all. Just keep watching X X podcast. I think it's fantastic. I love the guy, oh. and. Uh, Yeah, and 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 sort of uh, stop judging him so quickly. That's all I'm going to say. Especially you, Facebook, stop it. You know, or not? I don't know. Do your thing. You do you. All right. I'm no one to enforce things on you. Yeah.
You know, normally I would say I'm blushing, but I think I've been read this entire interview. So <laughs> it's good to see you, buddy. I see you. Next up, we have Elaine Vario. You can find her on Facebook, E-L-A-I-N-E-V-A-R-I-O. She is a fantastic comedian specializing in improv. She has a great story. She has been working on improv. This is her third year, and she says, I'm doing this for seven years, and I will be an expert by then. I love her attitude. She is a blast to work with. We do classes every Tuesday and Thursday night, or Tuesday night, sometimes Thursday. She does like 100 million classes at a time. She's great. I hope you enjoy Elaine's preview of the East Coast. What's going to happen on election night 2020? All right. (laughs) All right, we're live. All right, so go. All right, so we're talking. We're talking Trump. Tell me, go through. All right. Basically, what I'm saying is, he's not Muhammad Ali. Just because he says he's the greatest, he's got no. He's got no fight to back that up, except for he says he's the greatest. But he believes, like all those self-help books, that if he keeps saying I'm the greatest, everyone will believe him. And then I have friends who say, "Why are you picking on him?" I believe him, <laughs> and I don't understand where that comes from because I don't believe him. And go ahead, say it, because he's from New York. That's why Jeff believes him sometimes. Right? So, but you're okay. So, Lane Vario, New York City. Are you coming from actual New York City? New York City. I'm in Brooklyn, which is a suburb of Manhattan, but not really Manhattan. We got to take a bridge to get there. So, do you get any? Do you get any love for him being from Queens? Does he get any? No hate. Hate him more. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> because if you're from New York and you met the man, all right. I'm going to tell the story for the umpteenth time. He tipped me 20 bucks once. All right. Who did? All right. Trump. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Go on. You got to tell the story. Come on. In my job, I'm an usher, and he came by my. Where? Wait, where at? Where at? This is at the US Open, but. Okay. It's there on the where A. Okay. (laughs) Basically, people tip their ushers when you bring them to their seats. Okay. So I brought him to a section. He gave me 20 bucks. He gave the guy he sees every day 100 bucks. He had a box. That was nice. He sent me to go get him a hot dog and a soda, Diet Coke and a, you know, waffle fries. So I went to get them and I forgot the, forgot the soda on the counter and I had to turn around and go back. And by the time I came back, he was gone. But his handler handed me 20 bucks, said thank you, and they left. And they didn't even think he eat their food. They didn't say, he's a fucking showman. It's let's everybody see what I'm doing. Look, I'm handing these people money. Look, how, look at me, I showed up. And then he leaves. If you talk to the guys behind the counter, they're like, oh, I go, this is for Trump. This is for Trump. And they're like, Trump? He, I worked for him in Atlantic City. We never got paid, blah, blah, blah. So yeah. long term, he's nothing. And short term, he's flesh. And I understand he speaks from the hip, which is another thing people respect. But if you sound like a fifth grader, you sound like a fifth grader. But do you, as an improv specialist... Do you have an appreciation for someone who just shoots from the hip? I don't want him on my team. Okay. <laughs> he okay. sucks. No, I'm I'm sorry. No, he's, say no. Please, please don't. You're not. Don't be sorry. You're good. Say whatever sucks. you want. This he is sucks. an election preview, Elaine. Give right. the people what they want. He sucks. Okay. Basically. <laughs> all right. You're voting for a five-year-old. You want a five-year-old with a finger on the button? I don't. Do I like Ben? Um, Biden? Not really. I would like to have voted green. I'm in New York. I could probably vote green because that's the platform I was on board for. All right. I was on board for the environment, helping kids pay their school bills, making sure everybody gets Medicare for all. I was on board for that shit. Not, oh, we might help you a little bit and, and we care, but 
I was just reading about Reagan turning everybody's taxes from the rich people who were paying 70% down to 28 and then raising our taxes. We've been screwed by the people in charge. And I don't want to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but we have been. So everybody got to wake up and say, that's why everybody's embarrassed is embarrassing their friends and yelling at their friends to vote because they're hoping they're as, as awoken as they are. All right. And if you're going to vote Trump, then I hope you can't get to the polls. <laughs> I hope that, that a, a non-lethal accident ensues you like your tires are flat. Or <laughs> and it's because there's not enough air. It's not because you went around slashing. Them. Exactly. I would never slash tires. I would let the air out if I knew someone was going <laughs> to No, it's just he's from New York and I understand all that. But his father was KKK. All right. It's a known fact. All right. It's a known fact he messed up Coney Island or his, his grandfather messed up Coney Island. Really? Like, I didn't. I, I've never heard the story. Oh, no. He his fan. So the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. In other words, you or I might have been brought up in a nice, loving home. And we weren't told people were horrible that didn't look like us. He was brought up in a home where A, he wasn't allowed to show emotion. B, they took property that really cheap in Coney Island and threw out everybody and got rid of the black people, got rid of the, the elderly people. And Woody Guthrie wrote music about it. It's not like it's not a known fact. You can go on YouTube and look up a Woody Guthrie song about Mr. Trump being a dickhead, only nicer. <laughs> All right. Woody but Guthrie? Those, okay. But in those terms from those days. So if he grew up in a household that had prejudice like that, no wonder people have said they've heard him say the N-word and they've heard him say the J-word and they've heard him say things because you look at his audiences. They have like white people holding up signs that say Latinos for Trump and they have ladies, I don't know, asking, wearing shirts that say grab my pussy, Mr. President. I don't understand the mentality. They think it's funny. Jeff thinks he's funny. I'll say that. My, my husband thinks he's funny to watch. I don't want a funny president. Yeah. Unless he's you, me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. So you'll make the exception for yourself, but for him. Because I would care about the little people. He's the whole country is supposed to care about each other. Yeah. Did you read the poem that, that Bruce Springsteen read yesterday? I did not. I was <laughs> I was uh, buying Halloween decorations <laughs> on Halloween. Unimportant. <laughs> he didn't really write it. He wrote wrote the first sentence he said around it, but it basically said that we've lost America, that our president wears a uniform of, boat, of tie and jacket and we never see the family. We don't have a family dog in the White House. We don't have a socks the cat in the White House. We don't have, you know, the only, the only uniform he wears is khaki pants and he goes out golfing to avoid us. We don't see him as a family with us. Yeah. All right. I mean, that's scary, isn't it? Well, I've heard from a, that it's like a he does it because it's his it's like a branding thing where you know how you're talking earlier about how he says like i'm the greatest i'm the greatest and then eventually people start repeating it it's kind of like a branding thing so i'll give you a perfect example and this is from scott adams that he wrote that he writes the dilbert comics he does a podcast but this is he wrote a book yeah. called win bigly and he talks about how uh, 2016 when both hillary and trump were on snl hillary played a bartender kind of like a almost like a you know like drinking having a fun bartender whatever I think so it was, she was a bartender. Trump played Trump and he literally had them set up a white house 
in SNL and then he like stood behind as the president. So from a visual persuasion perspective, he got people to start seeing him as the president before he did it, whereas Hillary went a different route. So I think a lot of times with him, like you, you, you pointed out, he's always in the suit or he's in the, in the khakis and, and the polo. I think that's probably, again, no one can read a mind, but it seems like it's a distinct choice that he continues to make. But I, I think there is some sort of a, you don't have the, didn't the Obamas have a dog? Yeah, they, yeah, dog or cat, you know. They, yeah. they, everyone's always had a pet. Anybody who doesn't have an animal, I don't trust to begin with, personally. Well, that's, yeah, okay. Right? I can, I can see that. A, you, you're doing improv at night. Do you ever see how many people have cats walking behind them or dogs walking? People who have souls have pets, okay? And if you're allergic, you have a fish, all right? <laughs> a turtle, a freaking <laughs> snake. You could have a- Show me a, a reptile. Yeah, you don't have a reptile, you have no soul. Turtle, a, a something that save save something crossing the road. I don't know what it is. All right, but he he doesn't have any of those things. All right, so I think he doesn't really care about anything but himself and and power. And that must be a real, you know, intoxicating thing to to be like. He doesn't want to give it up. But I thought he hated. He thought he did this on a whim. If you ever listen to Steve, you ever listen to Howard Stern, he did this on a whim. He didn't think he was gonna win. He thought he was going to get a raise on TV, and he took. He said, "Yeah, I run for president," and he ended up snowballing downhill to become president. And I don't think he has the people's best interest. So why is every anybody voting for him? Why are there trucks pushing his? his <laughs> why are there trucks in Texas surrounding um, Biden's tr- uh, tour bus? What's that about? You right. could you could argue that kind of like you were saying with Jeff, maybe it's a it's a comedic thing. They're just kind of they're troll. Like he's kind of a presidential troll, right? And yeah, somebody uh, said they they can do this funny thing. Who was saying this earlier? They can do something that's funny, like let's run around in our trucks with our with our Trump flags, but they're not really boasting America. They're not they're not out there on Fourth of July riding around in a caravan. They're not out there helping poor people in a caravan. Sure. They're riding around drinking beers and screaming, fuck you to everybody. You know, I've got, I, with my Bernie stickers, I've had people pull over and go, hey, fuck Bernie. And you're like, what? <laughs> what? This is Who did the, you, you get heat for Bernie? Yeah, I'm like, can I have my opinion? Yeah, Trumpers don't like Bernie. All oh, you communists, go look it up. It's socialism. It's totally different. <laughs> you know, they're screaming yeah. at me. I, I, he had, see, I think he was robbed, and I know that that's a conspiracy theory, but he had 26,000 people in Queens meeting in the park. So where did all those people go? They told him, oh, no, you know, Biden all of a sudden came from the back. He won the two states that should have made him a shoe-in, and all of a sudden the next week Obama is in talking to everybody, and all of a sudden he's not there, the, spot, the person anymore. So I still go with the heart of Bernie. I think he's still trying to fix things from the inside. Not that that he became president. I would be scared for his life. Bernie we're fighting big. Yeah. Cause we're fighting big money right now. Sure. All right. Big money. will kill you in a second. And I won't think twice about it. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, I mean, they're killing thousands of people with their oil their pipelines and everything else. Why would they care if, you know, one person stands in their way. Actually, sure. Okay, we'll go conspiracy even deeper. Let's keep going. Yeah, let's go as deep as we can. Let's do it. Right before JFK got, JFK gave a speech for Medicare for All two weeks before he was murdered. Wow. I mean, I know he, I mean, I played it on the internet because people don't believe it. There was a, um, a Bush-Reagan debate, was it? 
that I put up, uh, was it Bush? It was, I forget. But it, there were always debates that you can go back in history and look up debates where they were fighting to let people in this country. They were fighting to give them a chance. Let's get them in here and tax them. Let's make them all civil. Let's make them all people that, they didn't take the statue out of my, out of my backyard. The statue I see every day when I was working, all right, that's still here. So when did it become a right to lock people in cages and, and <coughs> I don't know, throw away the key or give your friends 750 a, a week to, to, to house them? Because some of those places where those people went, went to private jails and yeah. private jails got paid. I keep hearing about these private prisons and they sound terrible. Do you know any, do you know more about them? I, I really don't, I don't know that much, but everything I've heard, I'm like, we shouldn't have those. Well, the rich people in the world would rather have everything privatized because then there's still a way they can siphon off money, okay. which is why they wanted to privatize schools, mail, um, like the mail delivery service and, and the prisons, because the more people you have in prison, the more money that you can make, actually you can you can use them for cheap labor you can you can i hate to say it every what did my brother used to call my brother used to call the guys who stand next to the stop lines and look at your stickers you ever go through a small town like garden city or something on on long island if you go from town to town sometimes you'll see some of the cops standing next to stop signs reading your stickers yeah all right is your car good are you, are you registered but those are just um ways for them to make money so there's so much money that they have already squeezed out of us under people that we're starting to go fuck you fuck you i got no more money <laughs> i got no more money all right uh, how much money can you get out of the poor people i don't know every single cent and let's take some of it off <laughs> let's take everything yeah. Let's take everything off the, out of the country and put it in private little banks. They're, the Rothschilds really run the world. If you want to be technical, the banks run the world. I'm back to conspiracies. Well, but, hey, hold on, hold on. I got hold your thought on this. Hold on, hold on one sec. So I, you were talking and we've been talking for like the last 30 seconds. My screen went black. All right. Can you not see me? Can you not hear me? Now I can see you and I don't know what happened, but we've been recording the whole time. See? So I don't know. See? Now you're back. They're watching me. I told you they're watching me. <laughs> I think you're right. The I minute you start talking conspiracy theories, my screen literally went black. As soon as I said the Rothschilds were dead. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Like my computer was about to go dead. All right. So the Rothschilds around the world. Talk me through this. I, I don't know. Their, they've had banks since the beginning of time. And I think they have banks in all but three countries. And I think those three countries were, were on the outs with. I think it's North Korea, China, and Venezuela. It might be the three, three countries that we're like, you know, not okay of, with not okay with so okay. i just assume they told they told our government who we're not uh, who to go after that's what i assume but i'm i'm really deep state you have to realize i <laughs> we had this abruta film at my house when i was 15 my brother was <laughs> my brother was very into conspiracies and not trusting the government way back in the day so we had a newspaper delivered to my house called yipster times which was the overflow overthrow magazine which abby hoffman and crew had put out so the we what were, times it's called the overthrow magazines or yipster times the yipster the times yippies, the yippies used to pie people back in the 60s like if they didn't like a government official they would hit them with a pie so 
<laughs> my, bro some, my brother did it to somebody, but I will tell you because he could still be. No, I think he's. Wait, what, wait, what happened? My younger brother hit his voice with a pie when we were like 15. 15. Oh, that's just fun. Hey, is this, I'm going to show you, I'm going to share my screen. Is this it? The Yipster Times Campus Underground? I don't know. Is it, does it, it, it could be. If it's, what is it? It says Nixon right. goes to pot. That's probably it. Yipster Times Overflow Magazine. Look at this. Oh, that's fantastic. Now I'm going to have to read this. Hey, I found it. We had that delivered to my house back in the day. See, there's Woody Guthrie. Talking. Yeah. I'm telling you. Go. I'm Singing about Fred Trump. That's a crazy looking picture of Fred Trump. Oh, he looks like a madman. I don't, I don't think I would want to grow up. No wonder. See, I kind of feel sorry for Trump in a little way. No wonder he turned out this way. Because he came from a crazy household to begin with. But people like that don't know what yours, maybe not yours, but what my kind of life is, what a regular you know, working class stiff household is like, they don't, at least Bernie came out and said, hey, give everybody 600 bucks a week. Well, that's enough for them to get ahead a little bit and survive. And we were doing fine with that. And then Mitch McConnell, who makes $6,000 a week, mind you, said, nope. There's a, a beautiful video of a lady explaining what being poor in America is now. And she's explaining that she's got a, she went to college and she works two jobs and she has teenage kids and they went to work. But as soon as they went to work, she lost her medical. As soon as they went to work, she lost her food stamps. She couldn't, she's hanging on by her nails and trying to explain to people that poverty is not the, the gauges our government has for poverty are no longer valid because jobs and payment should be at $32 an hour or something if we had if we had grown at the same rate as everything else had grown, all the bills, all the food, all, as everything else expanded, if we had kept up with that with our wages, our wages would be like $32 an hour, $22 minimum wage or something like that. So even 15 isn't really enough to survive. And you know it's not enough. Where are you, in Chicago? I am now outside of Chicago, but I used to be in Chicago where everything was outrageously expensive. There's, there's a lot there. There's some, well, I have a friend who is Republican and he, and I actually have, I did a podcast with him. I haven't put it out yet just because I, that's a whole nother subject, but he talks about how some of these industries, like for example, the AMA, the American, American medical association, because they are the, these licensing agencies, a lot of times they're one of the bottlenecks. And one of the reasons that wages have issues is because some of these licensing requirements are so stringent that we should have more people in the medical field. We should have more people in a lot of fields, but because of how they're controlled and all the dues and all the fees. Yeah, please, it, that's, but that's legalese. That's the people that make those, those bottlenecks are usually lawyers, you know, corporate lawyers or, or lawyers that write those contracts or whatever. Right now, the problems in the medical field is Medicaid for all, we've, they proved it would save us all this money. The Koch brothers, evil Koch brothers, did a study out of Harvard and they shut their mouths as soon as it came back because it proved that it would save us millions and millions of dollars. But, all right, I watched a show at two in the morning and it was just like on a whim on one of those government's channels where they show you, uh, you know, a, a like, committee meeting. Like history, it was, was it like history? You know, like, no, history, was, history Channel is pretty good. They got some great conspiracy stuff on there. But this was live. This was showing oh. some guys in Washington. C-SPAN? Uh, probably it was You're watching C-SPAN at two in the morning. I was. It was. It was <laughs> you were the only one. You know that, right? You were the only person watching. No, that's why I keep telling the story. Okay, that's why I keep telling the story. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, listen. It's important. They had 
the medical companies, the drug companies, sitting next to the insurance companies at a table, discussing how much insulin costs. And they were asking them, didn't they, first of all, why was it so expensive? And they're like, well, you know, we have um, stockholders and we're supposed to, we have to make money. And then they said, well, don't you know, people are dying and people are holding their medicine and blah, blah. And there, and they said, oh, how, are you in, how are you involved with each other? And they're like, well, we're the same company, really. Insurance and medical, admit that they're the same company, okay? Yeah. They're just a different wing. So this guy says, you can't have it. This guy says, you can have it, but you got to pay this much. And the ones that, they said, well, what about feeling guilt about people dying? And the guy's answer was, well, there are places online, and if they really want, they can find coupons to lower the price here in America. Yeah. So, so they don't give a freak. All they yeah. care, So, well, we we are responsible. They said, "Aren't you responsible to your customers?" No, we're responsible to our stockholders. Was yeah. their answer? Blow them the fuck up. I'm sorry, <laughs> but there's no, there's like, no, there's no apologizing on this podcast. Do whatever and say whatever you want. All right. But if in the old days when you went for pot in high school and you gave ten bucks to Joey and Joey came back and gave you nine joints instead of ten. You gave him one. That's what the insurance company is, the middleman. We don't need the insurance companies at all. Yeah. First of all. I've heard that. I, have, I, have a, I used to have a job, and one of my clients said that we should just get rid of insurance companies, that if we got rid of insurance companies, healthcare would just go way down. They would go to Medicare for all. Everybody could go to whoever they want, and the doctors would be paid, right? And it would be one lump sum, one payer, one, that's it, one. Not this, oh, well, if you find a coupon, you get your medicine. Yeah. I, I had to get a, um, a puffer thing recently. I've got all these things. So I went to the doctor because we, had, on the da- we have no job right now. So I figured before they take my insurance away, I'll go to the doctor, find out all these things wrong. And I go call for an inhaler. And the doctor says to me, well, you're going to have to look into getting one that your insurance covers. What? I can't just get the one that I need. I have to kind of, so I had to call around to different places to get the yeah. one that... That's that's and I had to do it. Back to that guy at the table, punch him in the nose. That's it. <laughs> Where's that guy at that table to go find a group one? Because that's ridiculous. They don't even always work. I've had that issue too, where they're like, uh, so I have I have rosacea and I get red all the time, and so I'm like, I had some medicine stuff, and they're like, oh, you got to use a coupon, and I'm like, okay. So then they're like, we have coupons, and then but it's like always a mess, and it's very confusing. And they're like, well, you can find a coupon online if you Google it. And then I'll like find one. And they're like, no, that doesn't work with your provider. You have to find a different coupon. And it's, and it, it takes so much time. Like healthcare is so complicated. And I don't understand why everyone, but everyone feels this way. Like that's the one thing like I think Biden hasn't done a good enough job for is just hammering the fact that healthcare is terrible for so many people. And it's not just like you can't get the medicine. It takes hours to figure out what coupon you need to then maybe get the generic kind, right? Like how much time do you waste? Everyone wastes like hours every month. And then you call an insurance company, you're on hold. A lot of times they, then they, they outsource the call somewhere, right? So you're talking to someone in a different country and usually they're very nice and very friendly, but then you have to like deal with that. And it's like a whole thing. And then you spend an hour on the phone and you still don't have what you want. Exactly. Exactly. But if Biden gets in there, we're getting, we might be able to have Bernie be put in charge of the committee that deals with healthcare. And if that's the case, then he wants to push the slow conversion to Medicaid for all, sort of sneak it in there, lower the age to 55, 
only this this amount of people get it at first then this you know what i mean like yeah. it's got a plan and there's i read an it and it sounds yeah, there's an actual plan instead of Trump going, it's going to be the best one ever. You're going to have the best health care ever. We've been hearing that for four years. All right. And he's done yeah. nothing because the pharmaceutical companies are paying everybody off. Those people that are living up there, they have a, their salaries are $150,000 a year <laughs> and they get $40,000 a year for furniture. I want that $40,000 a year for furniture. Who gets, who, gets, who gets 40 grand a year every for furniture? Congressman, every really? congressman. And they get a new one every year and it gets changed to, to, to grow with the cost of furniture going up. It, and that's what that lady was saying in the, that went to the committee and explained what poverty was in America. She's like, and you guys get $40,000 a year and it increases every year for furniture to yeah. do your offices. Use last year's desk. Hello? Yeah, but- Look at me and my unmatching chairs. <laughs> you know? Like, you gotta be freaking kidding. They have no comprehension. They are so off the bean. They are so away from what real life is that they think the average American makes $100,000 a year. They think that, and they've said it. There have been congressmen who have said, you know, you know, they make hundred grand, grand a year. What are they complaining about? Because they don't comprehend that $15 an hour is like 19000 a year. I mean, and it's, and I think that's being generous, right? I don't even know. I don't know exactly. I just know stuff and I know they don't care enough. And if they don't watch out, there's, there's going to be a revolution. I don't know if it'll be Trumpsters against the, the red against the blue, but there's going to be a point where everybody just sits down in the middle of the street and goes, I'm done. Yeah. Yellow vest, yellow vests in America. I belong to that group. <laughs> Is it right. on Facebook? Yeah. There's at least two or three of them. Yes, I am. How many members? Oh, this that there's a couple thousand probably. There's a lot of groups that I want to. If you look at my page, I'm like all over the place because I do I do believe we screwed the Indians. I do believe Black Lives Matter. I I do believe in a lot of things and that we can we can all try to be kinder. We can all try to be nice. So I came from a nice family. I'm lucky. All right. I know very nice. We do improv together. You're very nice. You're always I I grew up in a nice family. Yeah. All right. You know, we got hit once in a while. No, <laughs> I didn't. I'm sorry. Don't roll over. I ran. Well, we just talking about this. I ran, <laughs> I ran into the bathroom and slammed the bathroom door the one time my father went to hit me uh, and my mother wouldn't let him. And I said, I'll come out when you all calm down. <laughs> but I never got hit. I got the silent treatment, which is obviously really bad for me because I can't stand silence. <laughs> but in general, I grew up in a really nice family and my father worked two jobs and my mother worked and everybody tried. And as things got worse because of Reagan and because taxes went up and taxes went up and tax and Long Island taxes got to the point where it was, you know, we were running to the place to pay the taxes on tax day. You know, my mother would say, run into the building and give them this money. <laughs> you know, that's how it got to be near, near their old age to try to keep up with the taxes because you you know we don't really have a free country. We don't we don't have a free country. You rent the place you park your car. You rent the place your house sits on. There is no place that you don't pay to stand. You know you rent the building you go into to school. There's no place that's free anymore. Even the parks you got to pay somebody in the village of your town. You're paying you know prop, uh, property taxes paid for that. There is no place free. And here's my quarter. I'm parking my car for a half an hour, and that's all you get. <laughs> That's it. Sorry. Well, that, I, that seems like a deal these days. Quarter for I, half an hour. I take that. 
Do we get that quiz in a quarter and a half an hour? Oh, it's 15 to 20 minutes. I'm wrong. It feels like a half an hour. <laughs> there you go. It feels like, it feels longer. But in general, we don't own anything. I, I read an article from a guy in Scotland like three years ago, and it, it blew my mind that we are not our jobs. Why did society, when did society decide that a human's worth was his job title? Because I am no better than the guy who works at McDonald's and he is no better than, you know, me. And I am, and Trump is no better than me. Just because you get paid more per hour doesn't make you a better person. All right. So I don't know when that happened because that's when we lost the arts. That's when we lost the comedy and our musical and our painting and our, you can't, nobody can just go out and make uh, statues unless they're lucky. Yeah. Know? It does seem like that. There's not a lot of statues going up. They're taking some down, but there's not a lot going up. Well, do you know, most of them were put up by the, what do they call themselves? The mothers of the convention? No, what are they called? The, the granddaughters of the, of the Confederacy, which if you look at them, they rewrote the history books to make slavery look not so bad and to make um, the generals look not so horrible. If you, if you see the way they rewrote, like they made the Indians bring us dinner for Thanksgiving. They, they kind of took over, <laughs> everything's happy in America. They kind of whitewashed our history. So luckily, the internet does give you a lot of more, a lot more, a, a lot of different points of view. The thing I hate is people throwing links at you as gospel or YouTube, my brother calls it YouTube history, YouTube um, tutorials as being the know-all or tell-all. People aren't taught to think for themselves anymore. Yeah. All right. It, I mean, yeah, for sure. My father's, one of my father's key phrases was never listen to anybody, make your own rules, make your own logic or listen to your logic. Um, don't be a follower. Think for yourself. And I overheard that. He didn't say it to his daughter. He said it to his sons because he was old fashioned. But I believe in thinking for yourself. So when people start throwing links at me or yeah. YouTube shit, I say I can find something that's the opposite of that. What do you think? And I always think, follow the money. Follow the money. That's, what, that's where the logic goes. Why is Trump such an asshole? Somebody's paying him to be an asshole. All right? And it's not going to be me. <laughs> you are not making small donations to Donald uh, J. Trump's campaign? Well, I'm still getting letters. Uh-oh, you still there? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I love you. I'm still getting letters from the Democratic Party, and I told them, if you kept Bernie in there, you would still get money because I was giving them two dollars and seventy cents a month, and I'm not giving it to them anymore. <laughs> so what are you gonna? Did you did you vote already? I did. I've got a, a, a what do you call it? An absentee ballot, and I walked over and put it in the box. Okay. So I voted everybody down. <laughs> I voted everybody I could who was in a Green Party in the Green Party, who anybody who was in the Workers Party in the Workers Party, if they were in both. Like even though they're a Democrat, they were in the Workers Party on the list. Okay. So I picked the Worker Party. Fuck you, Democratic Party. I, I voted down the line mostly, but people would say blue. Um, was I happy about it? No, I voted green last time. Why, why yeah. does anybody think that I would ever vote for anybody just because they're going to win? I'm not a front runner. Wouldn't be a jam. You wouldn't be a Bears fan. The people my brother calls them front runners, the people that pick the team that's going to win so they can say, I knew they were going to win. Yeah. All right. You're not well, I mean, you're a Giants fan, and uh, I know there's a Jets fan over there, so clearly you're not front runners. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? That's what yeah, people sure. with this election. Some people yeah. are like, Trump's going to win. So I'm going to vote for him. You don't vote for somebody because they're going to win. You vote for somebody because they match your ideals or 
In this case, a lot of it's because they don't, they, I'm voting against Trump. Yes, I am. Sorry, I'm voting against Trump. But I voted Carter when he wasn't popular. I, I like people. I've been voting since I was 18. Do you think anybody I voted for ever got in? Maybe once, maybe. I'm not worried about that. I vote my conscience. My father was the first one in his family born in this country, and it was very important to him to vote. So I take it really seriously, and I know that I'm making jokes about it, but I really am a little scared this time that we could end up in those fucking cages. No, no. What's your, okay, so let's say, let's go through some scenarios. Let's say you could, if you, okay, so you could avoid Trump winning. What, okay, would you rather live in a immigration cage for a year, but Trump loses the election? Oh, would I do that? But you don't have internet, by the way. There's no internet. Right. You have to oh, live in the can cage. I crayons? Can I have crayons and some paper? Um, uh, maybe. I don't know what they have there. I don't there. know what they got. Um, to keep Trump out, and, but but if you put Bernie in, I'd do it. If you okay. put Bernie. So this put, is a, this is Biden, Biden. If Biden, so Biden, if you live in a cage for a year, Joe Biden becomes the president. That's a hard one because it hurts me to even vote for him. I really would rather have voted green. I really liked um, Howie Hawkins. I, I, yeah, Howie I, Hawkinson, I think. Yeah, yeah right. I was really for Howie because he was everything in the platform he's voting for was what I thought was right. A lot of these people that are voting Trump came up with parents that were Archie Bunker-esque as far as I can tell. Like they're afraid of communism. They're afraid of... So you know, socialism is exactly like communism. They're going to take everything away and they think they're going to be taxed more. Well, no matter who gets in, they always raise taxes. So I don't understand why they would even consider that as anything. But they're, they're very, what's that, cognitive, what's the term? Cognitive disassociative? Cognitive dissonance? Yeah, yeah that yeah. you can't even argue with them. You can't, you know. Sure. So the only way they're going to, not vote Trump is if I push the environment because him cutting up our parks, him, him cutting the EPA, him cutting the CDC, him not caring about people or, or the planet are the things I push. Like, how do you vote for a guy who doesn't care about those things? I don't care anything else. I don't care if you don't like immigrants. I don't care if any of that other stuff, except for I believe in the Statue of Liberty. I come from an immigrant family and I, I ask the natives every day, can I stay? <laughs> you know, shit. They're the ones we should be asking, all right? Not, not, anyway, not that, that's off on a tangent. Well, this is a podcast. The whole point is having inter interesting tangents. That's, <laughs> no one I wants, no one wants us to sit around and, and just like go back and forth on basic boring questions. We all listen to podcasts occasionally. The most interesting ones are when you actually talk about interesting stuff. It's like, what you might, well, Right. Like, you know, when you when you're working your usher job and you'd have someone goes, how's your day? Good. And the other person goes, how's your day? Good. That's not what you really wanted to say, was it? Actually. And you probably didn't. You probably would say, I'm having a great day. Or, you know I, what? Today sucks. I'm now, don't tell anybody. Yeah, exactly. I, yeah. I, or, and they probably stare at you because they're just like, oh, my gosh, someone actually told me how they really felt. They didn't just give me the generic. I'm fine. Oh, I never had any. I've worked see that? behind the Koch brothers, 10 feet away from them for for. I don't know how many tennis matches. They're not that nice. They're not. Their handlers are nice. They bought me lunch because I bitched that they didn't tip me. <laughs> the Koch brothers didn't tip you? They don't tip. No, uh -oh. they don't. No, well, you no, know the screen's, the screen's about to go black again. Uh, you know what? They have a picture of me too. I'm screwed because 
um, they, I took a picture with the guy with the handlers, and I said, "Oh no, now they have a picture of me." They're just putting but, that up against the wall. They're like, "If there's a revolution, find her." Find her. If I die, I tell everybody for the rest of that summer. If I die, it's the Koch brothers. Um, but so, there are a few nice ones here and there. I, I'm always surprised by the nice ones that aren't in a cocoon the problem is rich people are in a cocoon they don't realize so i've worked with really rich people and i've worked with really poor people i've seen soldiers come in with limbs off that sat in my section that you know for for boxing matches or something i've made friends with every kind of person from all over the world and i'm not so far off who's more fun I'm really i'm not so far off i think everybody deep down if you're nice to them will be nice back you know what the fuck <laughs> Be nice back, damn it. Be nice. America, be nice. Be nice to one another. Like people will say, oh, oh, you want to give away everything? I've always had someone live in my house that didn't have a house. I've always taken care of, you know, my mother had always had someone living in her house. It's a family tradition to always have somebody who is less fortunate, you know, stay at my house or get a meal. My father used to feed the whole neighborhood. So, I mean... That's when things were good. Yeah, we didn't save enough for a rainy day. I'll admit that. <laughs> but I could be dead tomorrow is always my idea. Probably by the Cobra. But yeah, exactly. I mean, after this podcast, you should probably go in hiding. You know? <laughs> we're going to... Well, you know... Go ahead. We, Sorry. we have a lot to explore here, but I, do, I definitely... I know you got some things coming up, and we're going to have to do like a three or four hour long podcast probably. Just because I can't even, I, there's not enough time to go off of everything that was you interesting should, you said. You that was to edit this. Who are you kidding? Oh, I'm not editing anything. I just, I'm so lazy. I'm a comedian. I put it right off. I'm like, no, this is great. I do this, <laughs> that podcast I do Thursday, she's like, oh, please stay on topic. And I'm like, who cares? Topic, you know what? Staying on topic is for the norms. We are not normal people. We do improv. We rant. No one wants to stay on topic. It's like you, like I go, I listen to people in court. And one of the things they tell me is they're like, you know, you need to keep it to keep it to the facts. I'm like, that's not why anyone does anything. Everyone hates facts. They want narrative. They want stories. But I also want to keep my job. So usually I do keep it to the facts. But uh, well, that's me, too. I usually tell people sit down nicely. And I know everybody in the world understands. Well, now they've ruined this. But for all my life. Okay, hey, what is man, that? Why can't we do that anymore? Who are these people that stole the OK sign? What I know. Right? Those bastards. Because I, for years, would do this and point at a chair yeah. say, in English. Yeah. OK, sit here. And now this means white supremacy or something? Or Why, hey, here's my question. Why can't we tell those white supremacist people to shove it? Because we want the OK take sign our, back. Take our OK back? Yeah, take yeah. our OK back. Well, okay, now, now would, you vote for a, would you vote for a candidate if they said uh, Medicare for all and, and you get the OK sign back? Of course. Of, I think that's a, a, that's a winner. That's a winning, isn't that a winning platform? Write. The OK sign back and Medicare for all. And, the, and, and Woody Johnson has to sell the Jets. <gasps> what do you have to tell the Jets? How do you feel about that? Can't be worse. Can't be worse, he says. <laughs> all right, Elaine. Here, I'm like, I'm, right. get, I'm not. So stay on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I'll get you one more question and stay on for a minute. But we'll talk after. But I want to get you out of here, out of here on this. So as a preview yeah, for the next, as a preview for the next. I got 45 minutes. Go ahead. Okay. Well, I gotta, I gotta head out a little bit. So, in a, as a preview of next time we talk, can you give me? your favorite conspiracy theory that we didn't discuss. All right. One that we didn't discuss. All right. Yeah, probably. I could do aliens. Nobody got that. I mean, go ahead. Like, Oh, you want to hear? I would the say floor aliens. is yours. Okay. I think, I think we didn't discuss aliens. We didn't discuss area 51 because I know 
for a fact that I said, <laughs> now I'm going to be crazy. I saw four dots when I was like 14, spin around in the sky and then take off really fast. And by the time I turned to everybody and said, look, they were gone. So then I heard, and that was like the 70s, 70, probably 74, 75. So then I heard somewhere around that time frame that something crashed on Long Island out in the woods by, um, what do you call it? Brook, Brookhead, Brookville? Brookville maybe. Brookville Park or something. It's, it's government land. And that the fire department called, the police got called, and that people in the area were sent away and never, it wasn't in any of the records the next day and it wasn't in the newspapers. Now, the reason I don't always believe that everything gets marked down and put in newspapers is when I was a kid, a doctor from the hospital crashed into a bunch of cars, like did a, a, um, a beeline around the block and hit every car that was parked and then hit a telephone pole. And there were needles and stuff in the back of his car. And we all saw this and it wasn't in the newspaper, it wasn't on TV. So somebody paid off somebody. So if somebody like a doctor could get away with that, all you have to do is pay a few people. I mean, follow the money. Follow the money. So I, th so I think that there could be things out there. And I read books that basically said they they came here, they visited, and they said, fuck that, they're a bunch of idiots, and left. <laughs> <laughs> All right, not so eloquently. <laughs> That's the most plausible scenario, isn't it? They came, they looked around, they said, hard pass. Something to do with we're not enlightened enough. I, I'm not going to – I wouldn't be able to, to argue against that. Yeah, to be more eloquent, we're not enlightened enough. I was, so. I was talking to a guy. You'll, you'd like him. His name's uh, Sriram. He's a, a friend of mine. We met uh, doing stand-up online. So uh, not the same time frame as you and I, but a little before that. And he, we both had this conversation earlier because I'm like, I was like, what is the Indian perspective on this election? It was pretty funny. We ended up like not even talking about it, kind of like this, because really we're all sick of it. He yeah. was like, we were like, why don't we all work together? Like, why is India having a vaccine? Why are we trying to come up with a vaccine? Like, you know what I mean? Like, if you were an alien and you came down and you saw like this world, right? And you would think like we all work together towards a common goal. And meanwhile, everyone is in their own tribe just shouting at each other. I'd be like, these people are stupid. I'm leaving. I have, I have no interest <laughs> in this. Done. Yeah, yeah right. I will, I will find a, Yeah. <laughs> You're right. You're totally yeah. right. I, I, and India feels the same way. Yeah. We, everyone, yeah. People like us are like, and then he had to hear this other hilarious point. He's like, since when did we start rooting for politicians? These people are idiots. And I was like, yeah, that's a good point. Like we really need to really take another look in the mirror and be like, why? Like everyone just gets hosed. Yeah. They don't care. You know what? Because I think they all start out, maybe. No, not anymore. They used to start out thinking they were helping their, their neighborhoods or whatever and work their way up. Now they just help whoever gives them money. Well, yeah. I know people that help people that don't give them money, like you, Elaine. So I got, so we got to plug what, what shows you got coming up. What do we, what, I mean, you do a million improv things a minute. What do we, what do we got coming, coming well, right up? Now I'm just, right now I'm just doing jams, believe me. I got this three more today if I wanted to do them. I think I'm just doing Sammy's at five. Um, anything to do with the Magnet Theater because that's the theater with that's the theater that's nice. Out of okay. all of them, they, they they give classes that are pay as you go or pay pay what you can. They give electives you can afford. That's where Ross came out of. So it's just a nicer vibe. You know what I mean? But I haven't. I'm going to do stand up and stuff in the future. Right now, I'm just working my way up. <laughs> just working my way. I'm just filling my bags full of tricks. That's what I'm doing. 
Well, you've got a lot of tricks up your sleeve, Elaine. <laughs> you are absolutely fantastic. Uh, Thank you for your time. All, all right. right. Thank you, Lynn. And listen tomorrow when Eric says, sorry. Oh, I mean, that's, that's essentially all I, that's a better a, a exit than I had. I don't. What's your exit? No, that's it. That's it. Uh, Show's over. Show's over. Eric Everyone goes says, home. Eric says, it's over, damn it. What? Last, but definitely not least, is Dan Calio, a friend of mine. We went to law school together. He lives and works in Chicago. And unbeknownst to me, I knew he was into politics. He's really thrown himself into this upcoming election, has some fantastic statistics that I was not aware of, and made me really think that Tuesday night is going to be surprising. I'm not sure for what side, but if Dan's correct... A blue wave might be coming. Listen and enjoy. You can find Dan Calio on Facebook, D-A-N space K-A-L-L-I-O. Because you're listening to this, you probably know me, so I am friends with him. Feel free to reach out and say hi. And if you want to comment on the his predictions, I'm sure he's down for that. He's very open. Uh, we don't share political views, but he's a wonderful guy, and I'm glad that he came on. And that's the whole point, to just talk. And most people, it seems like internet doesn't, you know, it doesn't allow for discourse, but uh, we get along and I think everyone should get along. It's just uh, viewpoints. We're all raised differently. We're all from different places. So I'm really glad that Dan came on. He's a fantastic guy. He's hilarious. Uh, he talks about eating a certain piece of clothing at one point, which is just ridiculous. Anyhow, I think you're going to really enjoy this. And here's Dan. All right. Dan Calio, fellow SIU law alum. What happens on Tuesday? <laughs> well, I think a lot happens on Tuesday, Vern. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be interesting, to say the least. Um, in terms of the local races, there's one I don't think that's getting a whole lot of attention, and that's the the Kim Fox race. I think that the Jesse Smollett, or however you say his name, um, I think that's gonna come back to bite. Kim Fox going into Tuesday here. Um, obviously, Cook County, uh, 100% Democrat. Everybody, everybody wins if you're a Democrat. But um, I saw some polling that they released recently that shows her, her challenger is actually ahead. And I think it's a really bad sign when you have to have somebody like Kamala Harris do a robocall into Cook County to say, hey, get out the vote for Kim Fox. Um, I already did my my vote on it. I mean, I voted for Kim Fox, but like I wasn't enthusiastic about it, which, you know, if you go back to like 2016, that's the same way that I felt about Hillary Clinton. And I, I can't imagine I'm the only one that feels that way. And then, you know, I live down in Bridgeport. And it, you know, in relation to the the rest of the city of Chicago, the skews a little bit more conservative because we have a lot of police officers and things here, but there's not a single Kim Fox sign. There's a ton of them that people have outside, you know, that say fire Kim Fox and then vote for the, um, the challenger, which is, which is surprising in the city of Chicago. So I think that that's one to keep an eye on here. Um, so in you, terms of, so you think you think Pat O'Brien is has a legitimate chance to win? I think he's got a legitimate chance to win. I don't know that I would give him the upper hand at this point, but um, 
he's primed for an upset. Uh, in in wow. Cook County, the city of Chicago, it should never be an issue that the Democrat doesn't win. And it is an issue now. So, you know, I would still say that's, that Kim Fox is slightly favored, but I think that we could, that, that might be the story of the night. I think that overall Democrats are going to have a good night um, in Illinois, in Cook County, across the country, but we could see the first uh, Republican Cook County prosecutor in, you know, probably the last, what is it, like 50, 60 years, something like that. Wow. Are you seeing, like, when people talk about it, like, I don't know how your office is, like, do people mention things like this? Or, like, are, are there whispers, like, hey, like, like, does the word, like, you've seen, is it mostly, like, your neighborhood you've seen signs? Or, like, what other, like, what other kind of signs, if people are listening to this being like, are you kidding me? Like, what else are you kind of, like, how are you getting that vibe? Well, the, the vibe doesn't come from, like, work, per se. Um, I mean, people talk about it, but, like, I don't know, I don't put, much stock in it because it's such a limited sample group but um the the first indication i got is that a couple weeks ago they had put out a poll that showed kim fox was only like six or seven points ahead of her challenger in the cook county race which you know in cook county you should be leading by double double digits like absolutely um and then just on the ground, like I said, I live in Bridgeport, which is not like a great example, I don't think for the rest of the city. But when you have, I guess, a motivated constituency that's going for the Republican challenger in the city of Chicago, that raises some alarms. And then the the icing on the cake, I guess, has been, um, I can't remember the name of the the alderman at this point but somebody was it riley brendan riley i think yeah that's who it was brendan riley had actually endorsed him and that you know it's not i don't say that that's like a make or break thing but it gives like people that are solid democrats permission basically to be like hey you know go ahead and vote for the the republican challenger and then the challenger even himself, I mean, this guy was a judge that ran as a Democrat. The only reason that he's running as a Republican is because it was basically out of necessity, like, yeah. you know, that Kim Fox is going to win the uh, the primary, which I think everybody had expected. So it's like, if you want to have a legitimate shot, you got to run on the re- Republican ticket and then just basically say like, hey, I'm more or less running as a Democrat, um, but on the Republican side, that's what he's doing. He's run a good campaign. So I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch on the local level. What else you got? Uh, For the national level, I give Biden, I think Biden's favored, but I was looking at the statistics earlier. Um, Nate Silver gives him like a 90% chance. The Economist says like 97%. I'm optimistic about Biden, but I'm not that optimistic. Yeah. Um, the race, well, I guess you know, the, there's two separate things to talk about here. So the things that are going in Trump's favor, um, he runs strong in the Rust Belt. Uh, everybody learned that the hard way in 2016, right? Uh, when he won Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania. Um, I think Wisconsin and Michigan are probably 
out of reach for Trump at this point, but Pennsylvania is the big one. So if he manages to pull off an upset in Pennsylvania, and the polling is relatively close, so it's got Joe Biden up by about five points. Um, in 2016, Hillary Clinton was up by like three. They have kind of changed the polling in these races uh, to reflect that, you know, non-college educated white voters are going to break for Trump higher rate. So while I'd say that like Biden has an upper hand, it's only a slightly upper hand. But I think what bodes well for Biden is that across the Sun Belt, which I didn't see this coming six months ago, he is actually making gains. And I think he's probably favored through there, uh, at least in Arizona, which is yeah, going talk, to be... Talk about the Sun Belt a little bit. Who, who are you including in that? It's Arizona and... Well, so I talk about the Sun Belt. I'm basically talking about the, <clears throat> the southwestern part of the United States that then stretches across... Mrs. Alabama, Mississippi, Louisiana, everybody knows where that's going. But yeah. then I would also include Georgia and North Carolina on there as well. It's kind of like, that's a much broader swath than much people, more people talk about, but I would throw them in there just for the sake of this conversation. Um, Arizona, I don't think has voted for, well, they voted for Bill Clinton once, but there was some third party issues and stuff there too. If you take that out, it's been decades since Arizona has voted for a Democrat and all of the polling, everything indicates that Joe Biden is probably favored to win in Arizona. Um, and the Senate Democrat is also favored to win as well, which is wild when you think about it, because these are like solidly red States as of a couple of years ago. Um, and then if you move over next door, New Mexico, is not in play that's going to go for um, Biden. But I think, you know, in terms of like potential upsets, the big story here that the media is only catching up on at this point, I think is Texas. Texas is going to be a wild card in this election. Um, in 2016, Hillary stupidly spent resources in Texas and neglected the Rust Belt. Um, Joe Biden is kind of like, I think, doing the opposite at this point, where he's focusing everything on the Rust Belt, which is smart in a sense, because that's really the ball game, right? If you lock up Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, you've run, you've run what you needed to do, and then you've, yeah. you've won the election. You've already got the 270. But if you look at the early voting numbers in Texas, uh, especially in places like Harris County, uh, around Austin, and then in, you know, traditionally red suburbs, the totals are running up so high. And then you contrast that with Trump's weakness in the suburbs. And it kind of like, you know, I don't want to say that Biden is favored. I think that Trump is probably still favored. But I think if there's one state that's primed for an upset, it's going to be Texas this cycle. So if he wins, okay, let me ask you this. What do you think it is that people are gravitating towards Biden in some of these areas? Like, do you have friends in these areas you talk to? Is it more just kind of what, what you're reading, what you're seeing? Like, what do you think it is that draws people in as opposed to, like, in Arizona? Like, why would, some, why would Arizona now, after all these years of being solidly red, kind of be a purple area? Well, 
I think it's twofold. Um, first of all, you have a huge Latino base in both of these states, right? Like Arizona and Texas, tons of Latinos there. You're right on the Mexican border. And if there's one solid demographic group that Donald Trump has alienated over the last four to six years, uh, even since he started campaigning, has been Mexican-Americans. So if you look at a place like California, California was solidly red up until 1992. I think that that's the first time that Bill Clinton had won. And if you look at the demographics of California in 1992 versus Texas and even Arizona, but mostly Texas um, in 2020, they are basically the same. Wow. And so... You know, in California, um, I think it was Pete Wilson was the governor there. Um, Even going forward in 1992, I mean, like Republicans still had the advantage in that state. But what had happened is California Republicans had turned off all of these Mexican-Americans and they ended up switching into the the blue column, I guess is what you would say. And then since then, uh, the state has been blue and then just getting more and more as time goes on. I mean, what would you say the chances are of Trump winning California this cycle? I can't tell. I would say low, but here's the weird thing. I keep seeing these rallies and I can't tell if that's like a one-off weird, like it's just like a hundred or 200 people getting together and they're just like having fun or if it's, or if there's like something going on. So that's the thing I, I can't get a, it's hard. It seems like it's hard to get a grip on. Like in Arizona, they had like a 97 mile Trump rally. Now is that, are those people even from Arizona? I have no idea. It's, you know, it was it even 90. It's like anything on the internet. I have no idea. Was it even 97 miles or did someone just tweet that out? And it was literally just like three car lengths and everyone's like, Oh, 97 miles. Like, you know, who believes anything on the internet anymore? So I don't know. It's just hard. Right. It's hard. I, I have no idea. I think Illinois is going to get a surprising amount of Trump voters. I think that it's kind of a quiet. I think there's a lot of people that don't like the lockdowns, like he can do anything about it in Illinois. But I think that kind of like right. you said with the, with, the, with the Cook County GOP, I think that you could end up seeing Trump get a surprising amount of voters in Illinois. I was somewhere yesterday. And they'll never, they don't say it out loud, right? Because everyone, you know, and it's Halloween, right? Everyone's having fun. And I've come out, I've said good things about Trump. So people, I'm like the people that I, like, they take me aside and they'll be like, what do you think? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, the the polls show Biden's up, but then I see these huge rallies in Pennsylvania. I don't know how to, you know, how to, what, I don't know. And they'll, they'll be like, well, I'm going to vote for Trump. And they just like whispered in the corner of the room. And I've had multiple people do that. Now that's like seven people. I heard there's 160 million voting. So I, <laughs> right. it's going to need a little more than that. But I don't, do you have like, do you have like people whisper things to you randomly and they're, and you're just like, like for like, like the Pat O'Brien thing, like, you, you know, and, or maybe another race, like, is there something that like you see otherwise that you're like, that's interesting. It could well, be a race we haven't even talked about. Yeah. I mean, people aren't monolithic, right? I mean, I think that that's the problem with polling in general is that it puts people into these categories and then it just expects like, this is how you're going to vote. I mean, polling is only a good thing when like, it supposes that like a set of things are going to happen and then, you know, this is going to be the ultimate result. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Trump um, 
does better in the margins in Southern Illinois than he did uh, last time around. But the thing with Illinois is that Chicago is the ball game. Um, And I just don't see him having made inroads in Chicago uh, over the last four years. You know, every every time that he says Chicago (laughs) on the news, I think that it just like riles people up. Um, There's some people that are perceptive to that message. Like there's one guy in my neighborhood that has a Trump flag. (laughs) There's one. (laughs) There is a guy in your neighborhood with a Trump flag. Wow. (laughs) But, um, you know, he lost by two to one margins in my neighborhood and then by even higher in uh, the rest of the ward. So I just don't. He could he could overperform in Illinois, but I just don't, you know, he's not going to win Illinois. If he wins Illinois, I'll come back on your podcast and I will eat a hat on here. So um but, but getting that's back a, that's to a like, bold statement. That's a very bold <laughs> statement. I don't I you must really not want to eat a hat because <laughs> No, I don't, but I do <laughs> I am confident that Trump will not win Illinois. I could say that yeah one hundred percent. Where do you, but, you, um, you have this like really, uh, this like depth of knowledge in terms of politics, like you're talking about the ward, where does that come from? The last six months have been really weird, right? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, you can't okay. really go outside. You can't yeah. do a whole lot of things. So when the stock market originally crashed, um, I was like, Hey man, time to make some money. So I really just jumped into that. Um, you know, made some investments, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then that kind of dipped off in like June or July. And then I was like, all right, I got to find something else to like pour my time into. So I just, I really have gotten ridiculous with this election stuff. I mean, I've looked at like ward level data from like the last 10 years going back into Chicago to look at trends. And then I started doing it in other States like, uh, like I said, I think the ball game is Wisconsin, Michigan, and Pennsylvania coming up. So I've, over the last six months, have looked into the data from polling and how the elections went out um, over the last, at least going back to like 2004. So I feel like I've got a pretty good grasp of this this knowledge going on. Um, what else? What Hillary else? Clinton. Oh, no, no, go ahead. Keep going. Well, I think Hillary Clinton's big flaw in in 2016 was just assuming that this blue wall would never disintegrate. And if you go back a little further, 2008 was uh, was a wave election. I mean, I think everybody agrees on that. Um, Obama went through the Rust Belt, did very well um, in 2012. He did a little bit worse, but he still, you know, there was never any question that he was going to win there. But the problem with that is that, you know, there's the Rust Belt is made up of essentially working class white people, some suburban white people, um, and then maybe 10, 15 percent of black voters. When Obama was on there, like obviously black voters were going to turn out in high numbers. There's never any indication that they're going to do that for some white woman that's been in uh, politics for the last 30 years, no matter who the nominee is. And Trump was also favored. I mean, in the last, if, if you go back over the last like 30 years or so, what happens is that, you know, somebody's elected, they serve two terms, and then the pendulum swings in the other direction. 
And if you go just based on that, Trump was favored to win in 2016 anyway. Um, everybody was complacent, especially Democrats. And that's, I think, what the story was, is people just didn't turn out. There was complacency. It was a bad campaign run by a bad candidate. And that's kind of the, the shift that I'm seeing now is that you know, the, the polling indicates that Trump is still strong among non-college educated white voters, especially in the Rust Belt, but Biden is eaten into his margins. And this is evident in all of the polling. And I'm not just going off of the national polling. I'm talking about, you know, there, there's really three sets that you have to look at. The national polling, which gives you a good baseline of how the country is feeling, but doesn't mean anything when it comes to the electoral college. Sure. So then you go down to the state polling that does the electoral college. Biden's lead drops a little bit, but he's still favored. But then the thing is, is that when you drop down to the district level polling, where they're doing it in places like suburbs and like competitive races um, across congressional districts and, uh, you know, like the, the Rust Belt again, uh, it also shows that Trump has lost a significant amount of voters in those areas too. So the, the data really shows that, you know, Biden is the one that's favored to win here, but it's just a matter of, is the data, is it reliable? You know, are, are you really counting everybody? When you do a poll and there's 800 people in the sample, like, yeah, these 800 people, it's going to break down this way, but you know, you've got millions of voters across these States. Does it really matter? And that's why I say that, you know, I think that Biden is favored, but you know, Trump could still pull something off here. And he's got the power of the incumbency. The people that voted for him last time are probably not going to change their votes by and large. And there's going to be people that are brought into his fold that stayed off the sidelines the last time. But you can also make the, the same assumption about Biden. You know, everybody's energized, but I just don't, I don't see that it's in the bag for Biden. I think Trump can win. Um, but what's the, he what's Biden. the headline Biden. So let's start with Biden. Biden wins on Tuesday or, or whenever they finish counting the votes in Pennsylvania, which is like, I don't know, December. probably December, <laughs> yeah, December 8th. So Biden, Biden's declared the winner on December 8th. What do you think the main reason is? Uh, because of Trump's loss of, well, it's going to be twofold. Uh, it's going to be because Trump dipped off in the suburbs and I don't think anybody disputes that. I'll go back to Texas here in a minute. And I think that that's the reason that um, Trump is losing ground in Texas. But it's going to be suburban women in particular across uh, Pennsylvania, Michigan, and Wisconsin that's going to cost him votes there. And then I think that there were also a lot of people that just didn't like Hillary Clinton. I didn't like Hillary Clinton. Uh, I voted she wasn't for, very you know, likable and I and I I didn't so I didn't vote for either of them I actually wrote in Romney Ryan which actually makes me feel worse about everything I don't, <laughs> she, she wasn't very likable and I I get that at the time I didn't really see it too much but like you said enthusiasm just wasn't there I voted for Obama in 2008 I mean that you like you you I think you probably did too right because we were 20 you're probably 21 are we the same age are you 33 yeah, yeah. 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 First, first vote, Obama. Right. I mean, I was, I remember at school, like people were going nuts for him. And it was like this huge, it was this huge thing. It, you know, it was like this movement. Hillary just didn't have that. And I don't think that's 
necessarily I, like you can't replicate what Barack Obama was doing in 08. No, absolutely not. And you know what's also worth mentioning is if you go back to the Democratic primaries in 2016, uh, Hillary Clinton in the primary was favored to win across the Rust Belt, and she got. I don't remember off the top of my head what uh, Wisconsin and Pennsylvania looked like, but she got hammered in Michigan. They originally thought that like she was going to walk away from that in the primary. And Bernie Sanders ended up pulling off an upset win. And I think a lot of people viewed this as like, hey, uh, Hillary Clinton is putting her finger on the scale and Bernie should have been the nominee. And now you want me to vote for Hillary when I voted for Bernie in the primary and you screwed him. Like a lot of people might have showed up and then just wrote in like Mickey Mouse or mm-hmm. voted for Trump as like a protest vote. Um, Could you see that you happen know, you look, again? Because Bernie got Bernie, you could argue Bernie got hosed a little bit this year too. Yeah, but I don't know. I, I might even have to push back on that a little bit. Um, it was a different campaign in 2016. Uh, Bernie was appealing to a different set of people. What he was trying to do this time was cobble together this very diverse coalition of young voters and people of color. And it just kind of blew up in his face because he was expecting to do well in Texas and California. He ended up winning California, but he lost Texas to Biden. And then when you go across the Rust Belt again, uh, the primary results show that Biden just blew it out of the water. Uh, He won every single county in Michigan. And I think he won every single county in Wisconsin and Pennsylvania too. You just don't have the division this time around that you had in the the Democratic primary in 2016, which also should have been a huge alarm bell for Hillary Clinton going in like, hey, uh, I should probably spend time in these upper Midwestern states because I lost the primary here. But no, we're going to spend money in Texas where the Republicans 10, 12 points ahead to try to bring it down here. And it's just, you know, it, it was a bad strategy by a bad candidate. Do you just shake your head? I mean, you look like you're literally shaking your head just talking about it. Like now that you've done this like deep dive, are you just like, I can't believe that's where the campaign focused their time given like, because for example, I have a friend that works for Facebook and he said that they, they were in touch with both campaigns and the Trump campaign was spending a lot of money on Facebook and Hillary's campaign was like, we're good. We're yeah. good. We don't need to do that. Uh, you know, it was an air of arrogance and Hillary Clinton, when it comes down to it fundamentally, is a dinosaur from a different era, right? I mean, they kind of like burst onto the scenes in the the 1980s when Bill Clinton was governor of Arkansas. I mean, you're not going to get a Democrat as governor of Arkansas now. The game has changed so much. And then not only that, people have been running attacks against Hillary Clinton since 1992. And people obviously wanted to change candidate in 2016. So then you fast forward and who do they nominate? Hillary Clinton, like the the dinosaur of dinosaurs um, from a time of uh, Southern Dixiecrats, which just doesn't, uh, it doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, it was, again, a, a terribly run campaign by a terrible candidate. So it was like, in hindsight, 
you know, the media and I think everybody in general was just kind of complacent, like Donald Trump can't win uh, against somebody like this. But it turns out, like, you know, people are are hungry for a change candidate and things are bad out there. Um, I grew up in Michigan. I mean, I, I understand the appeal of Donald Trump, this whole like, you know, we're going to do tariffs on China. We're going to bring back manufacturing, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I kind of, I graduated high school in like an era where it was a change. Like uh, for example, my dad, my dad's kind of old. Uh, he graduated high school in 1969 and what every guy in his class did was go down to Detroit, get a job at one of the big three, and then you start assembling cars for the equivalent of 30, 35 bucks an hour, full benefits and a pension after 20 years. And that's what people in the Rust Belt do. But all of those things are gone now. So it's like, uh, I saw the writing on the wall and I went to college, but you know that's not for everybody, not everybody wants to go to college. Uh, not everybody should go to college. And then they look around and these jobs that they had with uh, the big three or their, you know, their suppliers like Delphi and then they're all gone. They all went over to China or down to Mexico. So he had the right message for the right time. Um, whether or not he can pull that off again, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people are going to switch their Trump vote to Biden. There's going to be some. And there's also going to be some that are like, hey, I voted for Hillary and now I'm going to vote for Trump. And that might end up being a wash. But with the higher turnout, it doesn't look good for Trump. But, you know, anything can happen this time around. So what's the what's the headline of Trump? If Trump wins in your mind, what do you think? What do you think would be the difference? Uh, so the headline says Trump wins, defies expectations again. Turns out he was more popular with non-college educated white voters than, uh, than we anticipated. I think it's the same headline as 2016. It's just a different candidate. Uh, you can't, the power of the incumbency is something that you can't rule out. Once somebody's in, they're typically favored to win again. Uh, Bush won by a hair in 2000. Did a little better in 2004. Obama blew it out of the water in 2008. Still did really well in 2012. It's kind of like when a judge comes up for retention. Like once you're already in there, unless people are passionate about getting you out, you're probably going to win again. So I give that kind of like in favor to Trump. But his rallies and his rhetoric are kind of in-kind donations to the people that don't like him too. So I think he's riled up people on both sides of it, which makes me, you know, eventually then tilted towards Biden. But to, to get back to like Texas that we're talking about is that, you know, it's, um, it, it's going to be the suburbs and the cities that decide Texas. I just think that the demographic change there has been too drastic over the last 10 and 20 years that Texas is no longer safe red. Like Ted Cruz almost lost two years ago. Yeah. Uh, it was like a two point race. And since then, more people have moved in, more people have uh, registered to vote. And they could be, you know, very motivated to vote against Trump. I would still give him the upper hand in Texas. But I think the upset that we could see, I would say Texas is the most likely. Um, and even if there isn't an upset this year, the headline going forward 
well, the, the election night headlines are going to say, like, regardless, like, Texas, no longer safe red, starting to get more blue. And I think by the end of the decade, it's going to be, at the very least, a purple state, if not a tilt blue state, which is going to be the, the big thing. Ultimately, I think that what we're going to see is a realignment of politics in the United States. Um, whether you want to admit it or not, the Rust Belt is trending more blue just because it's getting older and the people there, well, the, the younger generation that's growing up, there's not a lot of opportunity for them there. So where do they go? They go to places like Texas, Arizona, Georgia, which then brings them to be blue again. In 10 years, I think the electoral map is going to look like, you know, the Rust Belt is toss up, maybe even tilted red, but conversely, it's going to be like Georgia, Arizona, Texas, these places are going to be either toss up or tilt blue. So ultimately, I think that's going to be the headline of 2020 and the next decade. What else are you seeing in terms of Cook County? You said you've dug through like all this data. Like I just imagine you like in this like room with like a small lamp or maybe a candle, just like flipping through books. What are you seeing? Yeah, pretty what much. Like wearing a tinfoil <laughs> helmet. Like <laughs> I like the, I mean, that. That's how it's kind of been. Um, yeah. What are you seeing? What What are some What are some like book. random stats or like random stats or trends that like that like you see that you like were shocked by? How about that? Or like, was anything? Did anything just stand out that you're like, oh, didn't even realize that? Yeah. The well, I guess like the one thing that stood out to me is there still are conservative wards in the city of Chicago. If you go down by like Mount Greenwood and Beverly, a couple of, I don't know if it was the ward uh, in total, it might've been the precinct, but there was a couple of precincts that actually went for Donald Trump, which was surprising to me. But um, the other side of that, what was interesting to me is that Chicago as a whole is going deeper blue. Hillary Clinton, who I've already said multiple times is a terrible candidate, actually improved upon uh, Barack Obama's uh, performance in Illinois in 2012. Wow. So I think that, you know, Chicago is going even deeper blue, which is kind of surprising because you think at some point you just like run out of juice to squeeze. But I think that that's also emblematic of like the bigger issues in the country is that people are kind of like, I would just say like self-separating, like the rural areas are getting redder and the inner cities are getting bluer. And then, you know, the, the suburbs are somewhere in between, which favors uh, blue voters a little bit more. And that's also, I think, going to be a story of the next decade is because traditionally, like when we were growing up, when we were kids, uh, Republicans did well and or uh, Democrats did well in more rural areas with people that had high uh, employment rates within unions, did terribly in the suburbs and then did well in the inner cities. And over the last 10 years, it shifted where they did really well in uh, rural areas, stayed okay in uh, you know suburban America, and then actually did a little bit better in the inner cities. But I think what we're seeing now is that 
the trend of going deep blue is also going into the suburbs, uh, mostly because of suburban women voters. And then they're also more diverse than they used to be even uh, 10 or 20 years ago. Uh, some of the data shows that the reason that Chicago is having population loss is because people are going into the suburbs or they're moving out to different states. So that really changes the dynamic. Uh, in order to win nationwide elections, you got to have two out of three of those areas. So if you're winning the urban areas and you're winning the suburban areas, you're in a good position. Um, I mean, rural America can be as red as red can be, but there's just not enough people out there to win elections. At some point you have to appeal to the middle. So that, that that's my take on uh, what we're gonna see um, as a headline potentially um, in December or January when the, the election results are actually called, but it's gonna be a trend uh, going into the next 10 years. All right. Uh don't hang up after we end this, but I got to I gotta end this on this last question just because I interviewed a couple other people and this podcast is now like three plus hours long and people only listen for 20 minutes. So we'll have to figure that one out. But let me get you on sure. this last, last big question. Mm-hmm. If, okay, so let's say, so we said the headline, if Biden wins headline, headline, if, if Trump wins, if you were a betting, if you're a betting man or betting woman, we're, we're all, we women gamble too. Let's not be discriminated here. What would sure. be if you had a best bet on Biden to like for like to make some money? What would it be? And then conversely, if you had a bet on Trump, like what do you think would be a, like? What do you think could be the best Biden surprise? I think you talked about Texas, but yeah, what would be the best Biden surprise? And then also flip side, what do you think would be the best Trump surprise? So I think uh, the best Biden surprise would be somewhere in the Sun Belt. Um, Arizona, people generally know about that now. I don't think that's going to be a surprise to a whole lot of people. Texas is going to be the big one to watch. Um, There's just been so much happening there. Uh, Alan West is now the chair of the GOP in Texas that's becoming more and more diverse. I just think that that turns a lot of people off. Um, If I was going to make a bet uh, with the best odds, I would put Biden flipping Texas, but I wouldn't put a whole lot of money on it. Um, the surprise it's three, to, three to one right now, right now it's three to one. All right. I might put a little money on that. <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, the Trump surprise could end up being Trump running the table in the swing States across the Midwest. Um, I don't feel good about his chances in Wisconsin or Michigan. Uh, they're a little bit better in Pennsylvania, but I don't know if I was a betting man, I'd probably go against him. But if there's going to be an upset, it's going to be those three states again. If Trump wins Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania again, will you eat a hat? <laughs> I won't, I'm not going to eat a hat for there. I don't feel <laughs> as strongly about that as, uh, as Illinois. I feel very strongly about Illinois. If Trump wins Illinois, he's won. He's, he's really kind of run the entire gamut of the United States and it's, it's a blowout. It's a red wave. Um, I think a red wave is, is out of the question. I think it's going to be a good year for Democrats in the house. They're going to hang on to the house. I'm not as optimistic uh, about the Senate as a lot of uh, the forecasters are. I think it's more 50, 50 as a 
post the like 75 25 that a lot of people are forecasting and then i also think that the presidential race is closer too but um there could be like potential areas for both parties to be to be happy about um trump could pull off the presidency but democrats are still going to do well down ballot i didn't think people in politics like happiness in politics were a thing is that like is that concept i'm aware of (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I mean, everybody's going to be mad regardless of what happens. But I guess um, there's potential silver linings that people could look at with this going forward, no matter how the race shakes out. I think the likelihood of a, of a quote-unquote like blue wave is probably uh, slightly better than like Trump winning the presidency. But I don't um, – I wouldn't be ready to shout it from the rooftops at this point. What's your, what's going to be your election night drink of choice? Oh God. I don't know. Whatever's got alcohol in it. Uh, (laughs) might end up drinking gasoline if I have to. (laughs) I would just like, you know, come home and just, the problem's going to be, it's like, you're not going to know who won on election night. We're going to see some weird things. Uh, I think you're going to see Trump doing very well across the Midwest. And then you're going to see Biden doing very well across the Southwest. And people are just going to look at the TV and they're going to be like, what the hell is this? Yeah. I mean, eventually it's going to tighten up. Uh, it's going to take a couple of days, probably Thursday or Friday, uh, realistically before we know a winner, but Tuesday night is just going to be bonkers off the wall. I feel like people need to accept that, that Tuesday night is not the ball game. It's more Wednesday night, Thursday night, where we're going to have a better idea of where things are happening. Don't we get a break at some point? Come on. <laughs> Come on. It's killing me. I don't know. Sometime between here and uh, January 21st is going to be our break. I mean, we'll, we'll know then, but, you know, at what point is anybody's guess? Okay. Well, okay. I know I said the last question before, but last question. What, what would you put the odds of a 269-269 tie, and on January 21st, 2021, Nancy Pelosi is sworn in as the 46th president <laughs> of the United States. Isn't that like everybody's worst nightmare? Like, <laughs> Literally, I mean, I'm yeah. A, I'm a pretty dyed-in-the-wool Democrat, but I don't know that Nancy Pelosi needs to be president. Um, I think that's pretty unlikely. I would put that at probably the same likelihood that i will get struck by lightning on tuesday but uh hey it's 2020 anything could happen if you told me a year ago that we would be doing a a zoom call talking about the election during a pandemic and everything else that's going on uh, i probably would have thought you were insane so we'll see what happens well Dan Calio, I appreciate your time and your insights, and I look very forward to maybe we can do this again afterwards, and hopefully no one will need a fork, a knife, and a hat. But yeah, for entertainment well, that purposes. Sounds good. Maybe after the election we'll have a breakdown, but thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. All right, you're a good man. Have fun Tuesday. All right, take care. All right, I think I...